RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Red Pill 78. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this is another edition of Red Pill News for Friday Night Livestream. Joining me in the studio tonight, a legend (laughs) of the metal scene, you guys. uh, This is honestly a, a, a really big treat for me. Uh, Sleazy P. Martini is here, the one and only, of course, a.k.a. Don Draculich. He is the manager of Guar. Uh, this was a pioneering horror sci-fi schlockfest with incredible stage shows. Saw them in my youth, and I'm really, really happy to welcome Don here tonight for our conversation. So he is coming to us live from his studio at the center of the earth or wherever it happens to be. If you guys would do me a favor, please hit the like button. Uh, Also, share the show out. I would sincerely appreciate it. You don't have to be a metal fan to enjoy the program tonight. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Mostly, uh, I like the idea that uh, our movement consists of so many different types of people with a singular goal. That, my friends, being Saving America. It's paramount, number one. And we can't back down. So if you would sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, I'll be right back after this with Don Dragulich. My friends, gold is on the rise. It just soared past $2,000 an ounce. And the wars in Israel and the Ukraine, plus the rate cuts that are on the table, well, all of these things are working together to help fuel the meteoric rise of this beautiful, precious metal. And the top banks, Deutsche Bank, UBS, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, All of them are forecasting sizable rate cuts coming up in the election year. And you've got the heads of the top financial firms pointing out the similarities to what we see in America now in the 1970s. Take a look back at 1979. At that time, we had the Iran hostage crisis. There was war in the Middle East and major U.S. cities were in disarray and stagflation. At that time, gold went from $158 an ounce in 1974 to $850 an ounce in 1980. Meanwhile, our national debt is skyrocketing even higher. There's a direct correlation between the national debt and the price of gold. Back in 2020, the U.S. debt was at $23 trillion and gold was $1,500 an ounce. Well, now in 2023, it's $33 trillion and gold is over $2,000 an ounce. Now, President Trump, he warned us the U.S. dollar no longer being the world standard will be our greatest defeat in 200 years. So you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. 
Remember to mention me, Zach Payne, and Red Pill News. And when you do, you will always get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA. It's available on qualifying rollovers, and to find out if you do qualify, give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and get your free investor guide today. Once again, Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Call them today at 888-857-6092. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. And please join me in welcoming my guest for this evening, the esteemed Don Draculich. Don, how are you tonight? What's up, my boy? <laughs> Zach! <laughs> Oh, so let me tell you guys a little bit of a story. A uh, couple years back now, I was – after I was deleted from YouTube, uh, mm. I was trolling around the interwebs looking to put my my subscriptions list back together and I come across Sleazy P. Martini on YouTube. And I, I hadn't been subscribed to you before because I didn't even know you were doing YouTube videos or streams or anything like that. And so I was like, this is super cool. And uh, so I subscribed and then I went on my Twitch stream because I was still on Twitch at that time. And somebody in the audience was like, uh, I guess they went and said something in your chat. And you had said that, oh, yeah, I used to watch that guy when he was on YouTube. And so then they put us together. And this is how we're we're speaking tonight on the program. So I'm eternally grateful to whoever it was because I don't remember them at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, you, you're not worth shit until you get kicked off of YouTube. That's my, <laughs> my opinion. If you aren't kicked off of YouTube, then you're doing something wrong. Okay. Yes. Uh, you're talking about what? Probably Disney and uh, race swapping another movie. That's about all you can talk about, if that, uh, over there. That's so true. <laughs> I, I'm sick of it. They're drama farmers, left, right, and center. And, uh, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, after a while, I started saying, it's like, if you have been kicked off of YouTube, then you are not talking about anything important. No, it no. was it was one ban after another. It was it was one 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 flag after it was uh, it was uh, COVID nineteen, Ukraine war, election interference, and then uh, just some random violence on some. Uh, it wasn't even violent. It was that famous scene where the guy smashed up the McDonald's with a hammer. Or excuse oh, me, an axe. Remember I, that? I yeah, definitely remember that. Yeah, and yeah. I I I got hit for that, and I think that was the final straw. Could have been. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't even know what the third final straw was, and I didn't bother. I was just I'm done. I'm over it. Well, I mean, by that point, by the time you get that final strike, that final ban, uh, any opportunity you might have had to like go in there and try to rectify it or something like it's just gone because you can't get into your channel. It's it's over. I didn't even get any strikes done the entire time I was on YouTube. I got one strike for bullying against uh, Rachel Chandler. Do you, I'm sure, do you, I'm sure yes. you know who Rachel yes. Chandler is. Yes. So made a long video uh, detailing her Instagram and all of those photographs and you know yep. pu- putting it together with Epstein and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, she came after me pretty hard. She, she oh she did specifically. <laughs> oh oh yeah oh yeah. It was it was it was Rachel Chandler who filed the copy claim against me because wow. I was bullying her specifically. I was really wow. surprised by that. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised too. I would have. Yeah. If I were her, I'd have just laid low and 
yeah. just dismissed it as, as poppycock or whatever. It's almost like she ran, landed uh, some credence to what you were saying there. I think you're totally right. Yeah. I mean, I, I never would have thought that she would have done anything about it. But the fact that she was like in a tizzy enough to go ahead and get those videos taken down, it tells you that there was uh, certainly some some smoke to that fire. I, I, I feel like uh, that was about the time where they finally realized, OK, we're just going to have to get clean all these people out. Oh, yeah. I mean – I, I lived on YouTube there for a while. I uh, couldn't get enough Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough uh, Epstein Island. I couldn't get enough, you know, geez, what else? Uh, and, 9-11. And then, and then it seemed like right around 2017, all the people. And it was you. I was watching you. Yep. I was watching uh, who else? I was watching. Well, of course, Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. I was watching. um Who's another X-22? Yep. I was watching, uh, you know, all of the people. And I probably watch a lot of people that I've long since forgot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they got banned, and they've disappeared from the, down the memory hole for me. Yep. And I'll probably never find them again. But uh, uh, I remember 2017 was basically the, after Trump had become elected, they realized, okay, we can't just ignore these people and hope they stay obscure. These people have too much traction now, and we're going to have to get rid of them. Yeah, I I mean, the the mainstream media gave themselves away with the election of Trump. I mean, they completely took off the mask, let everybody – I mean, everybody – was on to something with them before that. I mean, if you had been paying attention, like you go back to uh, uh, the uh, the first Gulf War, and yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen the footage of the CNN anchors supposedly on scene in uh, in the Middle East, but it turns out they're on a green screen and they're faking yep. like they have to. You know, they just did the same thing in uh, in Israel. I, I same playbook, they, yeah, same playbook uh, as what they're doing in in Ukraine, uh, but. They uh, they really had to show everybody exactly who they were because you're right. People got traction. People started following these independent journalists, podcasters, and, and giving it a lot more credence because they recognized that if they wanted to get real information, they were going to have to go outside of that mainstream box. So they, they must have must have you know, and it, this was happening in conjunction with the fact that their numbers were just plummeting, cratering. <laughs> they were just plummeting, so they had to realize, like, oh my god. Where are these people all going? And then they looked around. They, oh, this is where they're going. Well, yeah. we got to put an end to this. Yeah. You know what was crazy to me um, is that – well, I, it was crazy at the time. But now after having some opportunity to reflect on it, it makes a little bit of sense. But you know, YouTube was raking in the advertising dollars. I, I mean they essentially clipped their own nuts, if you will, by mm-hmm. deleting all those channels, by shutting down the advertising on those channels. Mm-hmm. And, and I just – I never thought that they would shut off that, uh, that golden spigot, if you will. But well, when they did, it was, man, it was crazy. I, I had something to say about that. I get in <laughs> arguments with people all the time. Of yep. course, you've heard the saying, uh, get woke, go broke. Yep. Uh, my opinion is, is this is, there's too much at play to worry about just money. Sure. Yeah. They, did, they didn't, they didn't secure all this control. They didn't secure control of Disney simply to listen to a few little, you know, drama farmers on YouTube, uh, stop them from their agenda. Okay, that's not what this is about. This is this is long term. This is the 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 long term. You know what do they call it? You know the, the long picture. Con. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the long game, the long con, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and uh, people keep thinking, oh, did you see what happened to Bob Iger? You know, he's 
did he get fired or something like that just I, recently? I think he's stepping down because there is a man by the name of Nelson Peltz who is doing a hostile takeover of Disney. Yeah. But well, yeah. but here's the thing, though. I mean, you know, for a long time, I think they have been focusing on just the message. They've got to right. do what they've got to do, you know, go woke and condition everybody, deliver the, the propaganda and the brainwashing. But it's backfired. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, it's to the point where I don't know if they can continue to do it, continue to not make money, you know, with uh, with uh, uh, Bob Iger being forced to step down. I think that's a, a pretty big tell. And you take a look at every single movie that's coming out. It's like popular culture has cratered for these people. Mm-hmm. You know, that nobody's watching the news. Nobody's going to the movies. Uh, nobody is buying their toys. You know, nobody is supporting them. And so then the question becomes, what do they do? I mean, are, are they going to keep leaning into that or are they going to get bought out they're going to get taken I, over by somebody I, I happen to think that there are all sorts of back channel ways uh where they can be subsidized while this goes on oh certainly certainly think, now, i mean so you think about all the black budget projects that are within the the federal government and um you know there's just been a, a whole bunch that was revealed because of all of these uh ufo hearings that they're having Mm-hmm. Tim Burchett, I, I really like Tim Burchett. Uh, he uh, just did an interview with Tucker Carlson the other day, and he was talking specifically about all of the black budget money that they have at their disposal. And I've often thought that a lot of that is getting funneled into projects like that, like Hollywood and into the mainstream media, because otherwise the, the, the advertising dollars aren't there. The, the, the public's money isn't going in there to prop them up. So, you know, what else must it be? There has to be. Yeah. It has to be. And, you know, you don't spend decades cementing control of all these media giants just to sit there and shrug. Oh, huh, the quartering doesn't like the fact we race swap <laughs> we we race swapped uh, the mermaid. So we're gonna have to stop now. You know, come on. Come it's... on. That's not happening. They they have they have come too far to turn back now, like the song said a long time ago. They've come too far to turn around now. And uh, I, I'm not going to believe even this Peltz guy comes over. He takes over Disney behind the scenes. They're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to stay woke. OK, but uh, <laughs> we're just going to tone it down a bit. See if we can't make it a little more entertaining, a little more entertaining, a little less, uh, uh, you know, alienating, a little more entertaining and uh, see if that'll work. But they're, 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 they've, they've come too far. They're too powerful. There's too much riding on the line. Remember. Uh, it, it's like a shark. If they stop swimming, they die. Yeah, yeah. If they stop swimming, the deep state, and I just refer to everything that we're talking about, it's just deep state. Absolutely. If they stop swimming, they die. And they know that. It's 12-volt battery to the nuts at Gitmo <laughs> if they stop swimming. <laughs> Think about it. No, seriously. Uh, you're right, Trump, you're right. Back in the White House, that's why they're running around screaming, he's going to arrest everybody because... uh he might just do that. I he tend to think so. He might actually be arresting a few people. Well, I can hope. Yeah. They may not. I but. think I think that's the only way it can go down, you know? I mean, it's 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 been pretty funny recently watching them kind of run around like chickens with their heads cut off talking about, you know, Trump becoming an authoritarian leader and, you know, taking control of these various federal agencies and starting to arrest and and indict his political enemies. Who does that sound like? Right, exactly, mm. right? You know, how familiar is that? It's exactly what's happening right mm. now. Weaponize the DOJ? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very familiar story. So, you know, it's I, I, I don't have a lot of contact with people who aren't already keyed into this stuff. And one thing that I, I always like to ask people when they're new on the show is, I mean, based on your personal interactions in, in real life, you know, do you get the feeling that average people are, are watching what's going down and they're they're understanding the the depth of all of this or, or the corruption that's at play or people just still I asleep? I don't think so. No? But I have a very small cross-section of people yeah. that I deal with. I am a home buddy. I work out of my house. I live in the suburbs. I've got Antifa members right next door to me. Oh, wild. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to have, well, I shouldn't talk, but, uh, you know, because they, they might find out, but they tried to, they tried to have a, uh, a, um, uh, a tranny show in their, uh, in their driveway. Oh my God. Uh, while, while I was there, you know, like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Right. Like, uh, like Hank Hill. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, what, what, you know, how can you even, there's, there's no win in that, right? No. There's no win. You can't go over there and say, Hey, I don't like that. And there's no justification. Or, or at least it, go in your backyard or something, you know? Well, that's where it was. It was like supposed to be at the bottom of their, uh, their driveway goes to the backyard. They were going to have a bunch of people in this little party, Schwore. And I was like, uh, oh, well. You know, all I can do is fly my American flag. You know, that's about yeah. it. You know, I've got some neighbors that are uh, that way. And I got a lot of neighbors who aren't a lot of neighbors who aren't. And it's uh, it's uh, tell you the truth. It's 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 a little um, disheartening, yeah. you know, to see how little uh, people have woken up. Uh, it feels like everybody who woke up by 2017 that's all that's, you know, I mean, I mean, you can add a percentage point or two, but I don't feel like the great awakening. Not yet, but, you know, uh, this game ain't over and uh, other things can come out, maybe. Um, but uh, it's shocking how, you know, some of the things that have come out recent, uh, like, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop doesn't matter. Uh, there's so much cognitive dissonance. It doesn't matter. And no matter what you put in front of these people. Uh, their answer is, well, at least it's not Trump. Well, you know, I, I, I think that what we've got happening here is that there are certain entrenched pockets within the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's say in, in the D.C. area. OK, right. I mean, talk about the deep state. Yeah. We know that 99 percent of the people who live in Washington, D.C. are probably card carrying members, proud to be. And gay. Don't and, yes. Yeah. Plenty of gays as well. You know, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Not but, that you know, there's anything wrong with that. Just goes together, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, so y- you've got the, the D.C. area, the, the greater like suburban D.C. area, you know, like Maryland, Virginia, you know, all, all Baltimore probably. Well, no, I guess not Baltimore, but other places in Maryland. Um, I know it well. I lived up there, McLean, Virginia. Yeah. OK. McLean, Virginia. So, yeah. So those places. Certainly, it's going to be a lot of federal government employees. It's going to be a lot of people who are probably contractors as well, uh, people who are directly benefiting from the type of system that we have there, you know, that, that is you know, oppressive to the rest of us. So, of course, you know, anybody but Trump, because those are the ones who are afraid of a Trump 2.0 administration coming in and cleaning up all that stuff. From what I understand, Trump already knows exactly who his political appointees are going to be. He knows exactly who he's going to fight. 
Breyer, you know, is exactly which agencies he's going to be disbanding and defunding. And, and that's the only way that I think that we can be truly successful at the end of the day, because that was the single weak point of his first administration. It, it was the deep state pushback, the resistance living and working in D.C. and in the greater D.C. area. So well, well, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just no, going to say I was just going to throw in go as ahead. far as Trump and uh, the moles within his administration. Yeah, I would just came across a story. You probably saw it. Uh, the three who were what was the article where they were uh, who were basically in charge. It was uh, members of uh, foreign intelligence and American intelligence who put together what is it the the CTIL CT well, yes. they were they were yeah CISA was part of it but yeah the the uh, that center, was under yeah. the that all came together and was done while Trump was was president yep, you yep. realize then at that point what he's up against absolutely like, to, that they were able to put together this sort of program while he was president yep. it shows you you know oh well that's one hell of a dictator yeah <laughs> can't, exactly can't control anything mm-hmm. literally uh, had a, a complete mole rat put in as VP behind him. Basically, uh, he was he was the backup. They figured once once uh, he was impeached that they could put him in, install him. Uh, and and I I think Trump is smarter than we think. We don't understand the we can't see the chessboard. Mm-hmm. We can't see the chessboard. And you know when you watch a good chess player, you're sitting there and they're moving those pieces fast. And a lot of those pieces they're losing. Yes. You know? And you're wondering, like, oh, that was a dumb play. He lost his queen. But, you know, he's seeing the whole board and we're not. Mm-hmm. And and he had, he, as far as I'm concerned, had to pick his battles. Yep. He had to pick his battles. He had to do what he can. You got to figure, I feel like Reagan was also wise enough to see that. Mm-hmm. And Reagan was even less empowered. Oh, you know? well, I mean, they tried to kill him as soon as he came into office, basically. Right. And you that, know? maybe that was the shot across the bow and he decided yep. to play ball. And he said, well, I'll... Do what I can for the conservative movement where I can, when I can. But I can't stop Rex 84. I can't stop yeah. Iran-Contra. You yeah. know, I can't stop, uh, you know, gun running and Ollie North and all of that, right? Yep. He yep. was just, you know, and, and and he did what he could. You know, he did what he could, and what he did helped. But at the same time, you know, as a, a true conservative, you know, uh, it's uh, easy to take a lot of uh, have a lot of issues with him, you know, but we don't we didn't see the board. Mm-hmm. We didn't see the board that he had to play. And we don't see what Trump has to play, you know, the board he has to play with. And yeah. you got to pick your battles. You know, you don't come right out of the gate swinging, saying, uh, you know. Well, I don't know. Pick your pick your uh, issue that everybody's mad about that Trump didn't didn't do. Oh, 9-11 was an inside job. I'm going to immediately appoint an investigation to, uh, you know, even though he dropped hints. Yes, did he not. He certainly he did. did. He dropped some serious hints there. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't know if that was smart or dumb. Uh, I, I I'm a half I'm a I'm a fence riding cue follower, you know. <laughs> okay. Like a lot of us. Yep, yep. We got so tired of hearing any minute, any minute, and it never oh, yeah. came. Yep. And we realized that, hey, you know what? This is the long game. Yep. War is long. It doesn't happen overnight. We just thought, we saw, I don't know, as I said a million times, I thought helicopters full of the A-team were going to fly in and arrest Nancy Pelosi and throw her in Gitmo for us, and we'd all sail off into the sunset happy, you know. Uh, it doesn't work that way. It, it 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 won't work that way, 
it's going to be a slow, hard, kind of boring struggle. It's uh, true. With the, ex- with, the, with the exception of a few maybe revelations that come along. I mean, when you see what's on Hunter Biden's laptop, don't you expect, wouldn't you have expected more arrests, more immediate legal proceedings to come from that? And it didn't. Yeah, it was just remarkable. That was eye opening as hell. Absolutely. I'm I'm on bit shoot and I'm looking at this horrendous stuff Mm -hmm. of Hunter Biden. Abusing children, Mm -hmm. abuse, you know, all these things. Uh, There was even more horrendous stuff, of course, on the dark web. Mm -hmm. I don't go there, but, you know, um, I, you know, from what I heard, but what I saw on bit shoot alone was, uh, well, the word shocking is overused, but sure. it applied this time around and uh, nothing came of it. You know, I was I was back in what, 2021, 22. I was running. Uh, I was putting uh, the bank wire transfer forms, the PDFs on my show, showing them, going through them, saying, look, this, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> this this isn't just an accusation. There's here it is. It's in black and white. It's on the computer. Nothing happened, you know? No. It's it's no. a slow – the wheels of justice grind slowly, as they say. No, you're absolutely right, and we're on the same page in terms of, you know, the idea of this as a, a, a grand chess game. You know, what President Trump did uh, in his first term in office is he showed America how easy it was to lighten their burden and to put us back on the right track with minimal effort. And very few changes, you know, overall, if you take a look at the grand scheme of things, you know, he did a couple of things and he basically pushed us into the right direction and everybody's lives got easier, whether you like Trump or not. Wow. And the entire time that he was there, he was getting the pushback from the D.C. establishment, the deep state, and uh, and he was getting stabbed in the back. Uh, and despite that, he was still able to overcome and still able to help America see what direction we needed to go. So then come the 2020 election, they clearly steal it. Uh, there were all of these hints. He set up all of this stuff in advance to catch them and to uh, be able to document it, which I believe is now going to be coming out in his uh, his trial, his D.C. January 6th trial. And uh, in, in and the way that he did it gave America and the deep state exactly uh, what they didn't want and what they wanted. America wanted Trump to come back. The deep state didn't want Trump to come back, and they wanted to put Joe Biden or somebody else back in there to keep him out of office. And they did it, and America saw just how corrupt everything was, how broken the system was, and 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 in the exact opposite fashion of Trump, just how quickly America could be sent back to the bottom of the well. You know, how much more terrible your life could be. And it's not even – We haven't even hit the bottom yet. Let's be honest. I mean, like, there's a lot that can happen between now and Election Day 2024. As as Q would say, we got to go to the brink. Do you feel like we're at the brink yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't don't think so. We're on our way to the precipice. We're inching ever ever, ever closer to it. (laughs) Ever closer to it. I still think we got a few more steps to go. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking into that yawning yawning chasm of cataclysm. Absolutely. So, so so just thinking thinking about those those entrenched pockets around the United States again. So you have these Democrat strongholds, traditionally safe Democrat areas. Certainly D.C. and the greater metro area is one of them. But those people living there are largely 
you know, better off. They're they're more well to do than say your safe Democrat so area. So much money there. Yes. So much. Fairfax is yes. so fucking rich. Yes. Just insane. I, I saw an interview that Tucker did the other day, and he was talking about you know him and his wife living in a D.C. suburb, and they just started thinking, you know, how many CIA officers had come and bought like four, five, six million dollar homes in their neighborhoods. You know, how is it? That a, uh, a a federal uh, employee is able to purchase a home in cash for four million dollars, just move right in, you know, and uh, and take off. It's like the idea of Joe Biden being a multimillionaire after spending fifty plus years in public service in Washington D.C. as a senator or even as vice president. It, it it flies in the face of everything that makes sense. So those people, you know, they want to protect their way of life. The, the people in Washington or excuse me, in Chicago uh, or perhaps in any of these other large Democrat centers that previously would have voted for whoever was on the blue side of the ticket, you know, their lives have gotten worse and worse and worse. Those are the ones on the Democrat plantation. Those mm-hmm. are the people who have just, you know, they just did what they were told, essentially. They said, oh, you know, Republicans are racist. They're bad. They they want to subjugate you while voting for Democrats. But come to find out. It's actually the Democrats that are the ones that want to subjugate. The Democrats are the ones that want to take away your rights. The Democrats are the ones that want to keep you in the poorhouse, force you to stay on welfare, force you to go to soup kitchens. But now when you go to a soup kitchen, the line is full of illegals that Joe Biden let through come into the country, taking up all the resources. So my point ultimately is that D.C. as a stronghold will remain so. But the rest of the country, I think, is moving in a very, very different direction. And I, I've been highlighting it, uh, you know, as often as I can on the show. You know, you, you've had since President Trump was indicted and uh, his mugshot coming out. I was for like a year. I was saying on the show, I hope they take a mugshot and I hope they release it because I knew immediately that it would become a cultural touchstone. President yep. Trump would use it as a campaign piece of material. He would put it on T-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, posters, bumper stickers. And that's exactly what he did. And that <laughs> and a image. Few others, yes, and a few others, well. too. And, and that <laughs> mugshot, that mugshot endeared him to the common man. It showed every single American who has been put upon by that deep state corrupt apparatus. In particular, apparatus. the black community yes. identified heavily with it as yes, well. Yes, exactly. He, said, he he is one of us now. He is yes. one of us. You know, they used to say that Bill Clinton was the first black president because he played the saxophone on The Tonight Show. You know, but uh, obviously that's not true. And no, tacky uh, nouveau riche. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, president Trump ostentation. <laughs> that's that's African American. Sorry, no yeah. offense to African Americans. No, no, he's got he's great like, style though. <laughs> he, he should have had a donk. You know, come in. That's why he should come back into office. Have a special, you know, twenty-one inch rims on his uh, <laughs> limousine on the on the the, the White House Escalade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the White House with the with the running lights underneath. Oh, you know? oh yes. Oh, Oh, yes. A disco ball in the back. Now, that'd be super sweet. So, well, you know, yeah. so, so we, we I, I, I truly feel that between now and November of next year, that that movement of people who are new converts to President Trump, America first, MAGA, conservatism, they're going to be coming over gradually. And perhaps, you know, the closer we get to 2024 in droves. And I, I think we're going to have a very different uh, uh, climate by the time we get there. I hope so. Um, I can, 
I, I see your point. Yeah. Uh, you know, it throws me back to the Dinesh D'Souza talking about how uh, the African-American converted from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. Yep. Basically explained it as they converted back in the 30s during the Depression mm-hmm. because of the uh, social welfare programs yep. that Roosevelt installed. And... Uh, and uh, that and the working class white man uh, was there. That was their voting block. And Republicanism was the oh, those were rich white industrialists in the northeast quarter. You know, uh, that used to be them. Now it's all flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Now the Democrats, they, they lost. They, they, they walked away from the white working class mm-hmm. because that was the mission all along, wasn't it? Yep. That yep. was the mission all along was destroy that heartland. Mm-hmm. That was that was they want those people off of that land. Yep. They want to clear America out. They want to move them all into cities. You know, that's where this is all heading. Oh, yeah. This is 800 square feet eating bugs mm-hmm. as they as, as the the panic uh, panic button pushers are saying. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's, it's true. true. The Alex Joneses are true. I mean, if they'd have just said, hey, try bugs once and everybody said no, they, and they'd have left it alone. I'd have said, yeah. <laughs> But no, they just can't stop, man. Yep. It's always in the media. But the Democrats just walked away from the working right. And Trump came along and he just said, hey, look at what these dumbasses left behind. <laughs> I left this gigantic block of voters here for me to just scoop up. Yep. Right? Yep, All absolutely. All he had to do was say, look, I'm going to bring back uh, manufacturing, which was easy as hell. Yeah. It was easy as hell. I liken it to... A car, uh, uh, a NASCAR team owner sitting there going, why can't we win races? Why are we always finishing last? What's going on? Yeah. And finally, you know, uh, he hires somebody who actually wants to win, mm-hmm. right? Not just milk the team for money yep. and sponsorships. And he says, oh, look, your driver has been stepping on the brake the entire time. <laughs> all you have to do is put your foot on the gas. Yep. That's all it took, really, in a way. He went over to China. They told him, start putting down tariffs. I've always been a big fan of tariffs. Oh, me too. Yeah. And and, and that was the one thing. I was a Ron Paulite. You know, here, here's your classic progression. I was a, I was a Clintonista. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the Ron Paulite. Mm-hmm. Then I, and I realized what, I saw what they did to him. That was, of course, yep. a big red pill. Me too. What they did yep. to him. The media did to him. And, uh... I could see Ron Paul, though, thought that basically these trade imbalance would be fixed by simply, um, you know, freedom somehow. We were like, you know, just open, open trade and freedom would somehow compensate for this. And I was like, no, it's not. Capital will always follow labor around the world. Mm-hmm. In other words, capital will always follow the cheapest labor source around the world. It doesn't yep. matter. China's already starting experiencing that. Right. Where, mm-hmm. Where's the where is the manufacturing uh, going now? It's going to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It's going to places like that. Yep. They're Cambodia. starting to panic. They price themselves. They are starting to price themselves out of uh, the manufacturing, uh, uh, you know, opportunities around the world. And it'll constantly go like that. It's completely unfair until finally you have headhunters in New Guinea making everything <laughs> just because you found the cheapest place to make something, you know. <laughs> It, 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 it'll never be that the the labor market will never be fair and balanced because every country has different living expenses. Correct. And so tariffs 
is what made America great. That's what made us the largest economy in the world by the late 1800s. You think about that. Despite England having all these colonies, America was kicking their ass because we uh, had tariffs. We protected our markets and uh, we gave a created environment where the great industrialists could pursue their dreams. Yes, I know Carnegie and, uh, you know, the Vanderbilt, yep, yep. Rockefeller. Sure, they're evil. But let's face it. When you get in your car, hats off to Rockefeller. Yep. You yep. know, when you get on a train, hats off to Vanderbilt. You know, <laughs> all these things, they, they make it happen. It's, you know, and, and that was a result of, of, of a protective tariff system. And as soon as Trump installed that, boy, did that turn things around quickly. And the yep. Chinese panicked. Boy, yep. did they panic. And we, it, it, unfortunately for Trump and the rest of us, we didn't realize how much influence the Chinese had. You know, I was in, pretty, in I was pretty economy. confident about how much the influence the Chinese had. You yeah, know, I, I, I didn't know it was that much. I definitely, I definitely could see when President Trump forced Xi and others to kneel. You know, it, it was a big moment. And you know, the the great irony is, that you're right. It was so easy to restart manufacturing. It was so easy to start, you know, evening out that trade imbalance. And now, very quickly after taking office, Joe Biden has already destroyed it. A number of those factories that President Trump was able to get opened up, they're closing now. There was a steel manufacturing plant I just read about just shutting their doors because they can't afford to do business. I believe in Ohio. Was that it? It was in Ohio. Yeah. 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 So – uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about you here, Don, mm-hmm. because or, what <laughs> Sleazy P. Martini. Tell us about the character of Sleazy P. Martini, because, you know, there are definitely going to be people in the in the chat who don't know you, who haven't seen you. And your get up is uh, is is indelibly connected to your character. So tell me a little bit about it. Well, um, the real me or the character, I guess they go together. Right. But yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I hooked up with Dave Brocky uh, down here at the art school, VCU, and uh, he uh, got together with another guy named Hunter Jackson and Chuck Varga, and uh, they were making a movie, and they wanted to make this movie called Scum Dogs of the Universe, and Dave saw the costumes and said, hey, we should wear these costumes on stage and uh, make up a band for it, and and from there, that became Guar. Uh, I was helping Hunter. Uh, at the time, and then I got involved in Guar. Uh, there were two people who were who were uh, th- essentially the manager character before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't last long for various reasons. Both they were both named Sluggo P. Martini. That was Dave's name for them. I changed the Sluggo to Sleazy and uh, made it my own. And uh, initially, I started off by gluing, patching together old lady wigs. You know, <laughs> that looked horrible on my head, trying to make some pompadour. And then I got the brilliant idea of uh, carving one out of foam, you know, and laying uh, uh, laundry laundry line across it to make the the ridges. Right on. And and um, I uh, from there, you know, I was I'd go into I'd go into old you know uh, thrift stores and find the ugliest thrift store leisure suit that I could. It was always supposed to look like a leisure suit. That mm-hmm. was my main style influence and. Uh, Realized quickly that, you know, you can't wear regular clothes on stage with Guar. Like, you were going to have to hit a laundry mat every time you uh, you do that. And so, you know, I changed over to the, the vinyl. But, uh, 
Yeah, uh, I stayed with it. Uh, I kind of stopped touring around 95, and I kept fabricating with them right on up until 20... I guess it was uh, 16, I'd say, 15, 16. And uh, and then I've just basically gone solo uh, since then. Um, I... uh, I'm in contact with those guys occasionally, but I am not a Gora member. Sorry mm-hmm. to disappoint anyone out there. Uh, I've done a few shows with them since then. But uh, the last time they had a mini tour and they asked me to go, they said, hey, uh, you're gonna, we're going to require you to be vaxxed. And that was, that was a, <laughs> no, that That's was a wild. no-go right there. Yeah. You know? And, and we all know how the music industry, they – they just turned, uh, you know, paws up, belly up to the entire deep state when it came to this. Yep. yep. Worse than anyone. And uh, I won't say who, but uh, when I saw, you know, a lead singer of a certain band sitting there telling everybody to wear their mask, it was just like, get the fuck out of here. There is nothing rock and roll about or punk about doing what. The Other man tells tell you. you to do, yeah, you know, there is just it just looked and felt so wrong. Uh, and I'll be honest, uh, uh, very few of the pe- members of, of, of that band or Guar Slay Pit uh, share my political outlook, mm-hmm. so I am an island unto myself, basically. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, you know what, though, I don't feel I, 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 I I'm not, I don't question my choices because. Those fucks didn't give a didn't give a damn about politics uh, up until Trump got elected. In fact, I'd like to say that's very common. If you might notice and walk around, how many people do you know didn't give a goddamn about politics until Trump was elected? Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like suddenly everybody became an expert after Trump was elected. Yep. It's like you you can't even name the three. Uh, branches of the government. You don't. You can't. You don't have know how many representatives there is in the House by number. You can't name three amendments of the first ten and tell me what they are. And you're you're going to tell me how uh, Trump is this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. You know, and how how Biden's going to save us? Are you shitting me? Uh, it, it, you know. And, and and these are there's some people who are really smart really smart i know some people very intelligent not in the band <laughs> no sorry i didn't i didn't mean the way that sounds but i'm talking about multiple degrees multiple degrees and these people are very much the same way cognitive dissonance and everything is better than being called a racist sure <clears throat> and, and uh, uh you know having like i was talking about before being a spook kid i know how they game plan and think tank these things mm-hmm. you know and they realize that up until this point the last 40 years of giving america a guilt complex about racism was it was the perfect time to employ that weapon right it was the perfect time it was all it wasn't just that didn't just work because uh they controlled the media Recently, that worked because they had controlled the media for decades. Oh, absolutely. And they, have, they had built this into such a, um, you know, such a, a guilt trip, you know, for America that I, I think 
there's people would rather die than be called racist, honestly. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it worked like a charm on a lot of rather intelligent people. You know, it worked like a charm. So have have you had any contact with people in the music industry since people have begun to drop dead mysteriously <laughs> at young ages, pretty much right after taking these clot shots? <laughs> uh, first tour, that tour I didn't go to, uh, one had a heart attack. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> and one got COVID. Wow. And I, I brought it up and they rolled their eyes at me. <laughs> It was the classic, it was classic response, right? Yeah. It's like, wow, got the vaccine, you still got COVID, huh? Oh, yeah, but it would have been a lot worse if I hadn't have got the COVID shot. <laughs> then they all do that. Yeah. It would have been so much worse, mother-in-law. Oh, oh uh, but it would have been so much worse if I hadn't got the COVID shot. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure, sure, Jan. Copium, copium. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's some good stuff there. Oh, Not man. since the 1840s when, when the British were selling it to the fucking Chinese have I seen such <laughs> massive distribution of copium. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. So I want to talk about you. You mentioned something about being a, a spook kid. So you grew up in the D.C. area. Your parents actually worked in the federal government. T tell me about that, because that must have given you a unique perspective about what's going on in the world. Yeah, because, I mean, let's just say you specifically mentioned the uh, intelligence control of the mainstream media. We know all about Project Mockingbird. So let's preface it with that. I, I got some. A, a few interesting things, I guess, to say. First of all, in hindsight, uh, you know, you look back on these things and then you start to put them in historical context. You sure. Know? So first, my dad uh, took the family. We were in Ethiopia. Oh, wow. So the CIA was propping up Haile Selassie at the time. Mm -hmm. That that regime. Well, you want to call him a regime or uh you know, the Rastafarians wouldn't call it a regime. Yeah, they'd call him God on Earth. But they anyways, certainly would. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, and, and from there, uh, then we went back to the States. Um, there's a funny story about that Haile Selassie thing, but uh, I just it'll take me down a side alley too long. OK, anyways, <clears throat> back to the States and then we go to Vietnam. We're stationed in Vietnam. What in year? 64. 64. 1964. Okay. Oh, wow. Right in the And I love throwing that at Vietnam veterans. Too. It's like, <laughs> I was in the Nam. And I go, yeah, I was too. And they look at me. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit. I was four. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I've been there too. I was in the Nam. <laughs> Age four. But, you know, we had this little compound house, you know, we had lots of pets, uh, every kind of crazy, weird pet you can think of. Peacocks, snakes, rabbits, monkeys. Learned a lot about monkeys. They're not great pets, it turns out. Uh, <laughs> I've heard they can yeah, be that's pretty That's another mean. side story. <laughs> but anyways, we're in Nam, and then I believe it was the uh, embassy got bombed. Yeah. I think the embassy got bombed in 64. It was decided it was too hot for dependents to actually live in Vietnam. From that point on, I remember getting loaded on a C-130. Yes, I know my planes. Yeah. And I got loaded on a C-130, a little crappy bench seat, you know, mm -hmm. uh, flied out and flown out. And I believe the first place they stashed us was in the Baguio, Philippines. Okay. And uh, then from there, they stashed us in Okinawa. Uh, and then from there, they stashed us in Bangkok, Thailand. I spent most of my time growing up in Bangkok, Thailand during Wild. that 
64 to 68 era where my dad was a field officer in Vietnam. Okay. Now, interesting story. I wish I could I remember the book. It talks about mentions my father, but uh he was actually involved in Operation Phoenix. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about uh cuz I've tried to get him on the show before. Ah, uh, shoot. Hold on. It's um Oh, oh God! I, I, hang on, I gotta go to it's, my. <laughs> it, it's okay. okay. Lo- it's okay because it might not be the same book. Uh, okay. My sister's quite angry because it's a it, it's a negative depiction sure. of uh, essentially my father. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as you know, a lot of the dark side of Operation Phoenix was, you know, they came across what essentially was a database, if you want to call it that. Uh, wasn't really, you know, it was. A, a name uh, list, basically, of 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 infiltrators, you know, sympathizers, uh, North Vietnamese agents, you name it, yeah. right? And and um, so my father helped uh, uh, with uh, along with uh, his uh, uh, chief of police, Vietnamese chief of police, who later on came back to North America with us as one of the boat people, more or less. Oh you wow. Know, and, yeah, I remember remember visiting with them a lot, you know, helping set them up and get them transitioned into life in America. But uh uh you know, that 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 Operation Phoenix became uh it was was uh famous for essentially what they did, the, how the CIA handled it. This is not my dad's idea. Was basically just go around and use it as a hit list. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You know. Uh that was how they decided to deal with it. Um and um uh, but that's just a small side note of that. Um, but, you know, uh, I remember 66, 67, seeing the war on TV, you know, while we were in our house, our, our apartment in Bangkok. And I would always be going to my dad or my mom because my dad was usually stationed overseas. You know, he's all over and he'd come and back and visit and then he would, you know, go back. And I would, you know, I'd always be asking my mom, when's the war going to end? <laughs> when's this war gonna end you know i'd see the what the awfulness on uh you know what was going on the tv and, and she would always have the same answer oh oh pretty soon pretty soon and i uh you know that affected me because i've been uh virulently anti-war ever since then and that's kind of why i've been bouncing around between political parties because i've assumed that the other political party was anti-war, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought Clinton, when he cut back some of the spending of the, you know, uh, I thought, oh, he's anti-war. But I didn't really count the fact that we went into uh, Bosnia and we yep. fought in Kosovo, you know, and um, it, it, that whole that experience made me feel like um I guess in hindsight, it made me realize how deep the deep state is. Mm-hmm. And another little 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 incident was when I was a, was I was a, a young, I guess, teenager, and I was very interested in politics. I remember watching the Democratic convention when McGovern was nominated. And I was jumping up and down like it was some sort of baseball game. Like <laughs> like I didn't know it was all you know it was already set in stone. Right. You know, I thought, oh, he's only got three more votes. You know, here comes Hawaii. We're going to go over this time. You know, and my dad was looking at me just kind of snickering, you know, and just sort of, boy, you really like this, don't you? And and, and I I'm, I remember I was at the kitchen table and I, I go to my dad and mom and I go, so 
uh, are you going to vote for the, in this presidential election? And they both looked at me. I remember, and they just kind of, they just sort of looked at me and they just sort of made this eye roll like, oh, isn't that darling? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, voting makes a difference. Right. They didn't say no, but they just went and looked at me like, oh, that's precious. You that's, know, bless your you heart. Know, <laughs> bless your, exactly. The Southern bless your heart. Yep. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I realized then, you know, from their perspective, uh, it, it was all just sort of moot point that the, 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 the state goes on regardless, yeah. you know, four years is nothing, mm-hmm. you know, four years is really nothing. And, uh, you know, I, and, and here's one more story though. I'll okay. tell you about growing up CIA kid. So my dad, after he came back from Vietnam in 68, when he finally came back. He uh, went from field officer to uh, uh, officer instruction. In other words, he trained other CIA uh, agents how to do their job, be field officers. And uh, by the way, he wrote the uh, official CIA manual, which was no small thing. So the actual handbook. Yeah, he got a medal for it. He wrote the CIA officer's handbook, which is your basics. Uh, I think I only know one thing from it, uh, from that manual, because, of course, it's all classified and this and that. Right. But uh, I'll tell you what that is later. But um, um, he sat me down one day and he explained how infiltration and communist takeover is possible. Mm -hmm. And he explained to me, tried to explain to me how you only need 10 Mm percent. Just like we've all heard now. That's kind of like common knowledge within our circles. Right. Yeah. But I remember him and he had this flow chart and he was doing all these circles and lines and explaining how. You know, this works and especially in the uh, in the field out there in 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 uh, Vietnam, like how they basically only needed a small percentage of sympathizers and collaborators to actually pull something like this off. You Mm -hmm. know, and I remember my eyes glazed over as a kid. I was just like, I didn't you know, I I didn't really understand what I was under, you know, watching, you know, and he's. He's like this crazy guy drawing all these lines and arrows and circles and stuff, <laughs> explaining how communist infiltration works, you know. And, uh, gee, I wish I'd have been older so I could have, like, <laughs> absorbed that and really got it. Because I was hearing it from a dude who has experience in the field, you know, right. uh, fighting this. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't even begin to uh you know repeat or re- recollect what i i saw that then but you know it's true they only need 10% of real real hardcore uh, uh sympathizers and you can you just get a lot a lot of fence riders yep. which is what we have and you and, and uh you know you can neutralize those that uh, are resisting you know by basically uh will and uh organization mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah I forgot what the other story was. I'll leave that there. Okay. So. Okay. So, uh, you guys, we've got about five minutes, and we're going to open up the phones. Uh, we've got a donation from TZ Burton over here on Rumble. He says, Don, it's great to meet you. I think our culture is changing. I just watched Nerd Roddick uh, in Friday Night Tights before coming to this stream, talking comics and making fun of Disney and Marvel movies. 20,000 <laughs> were watching. You know, I, it doesn't surprise me that 20,000 people were watching because, I mean, you're right, Don. That's basically the only thing worth watching over there on YouTube at this I, I point. I got to say, Nerd Roddick is my favorite. Yeah, of yeah. All of the Gary's drama cool. farmers, he's my favorite. Go ahead. 
Gary's totally cool. Um, let's see. Uh, let's uh, over on the foxhole pilled.net. Uh, West Virginia Ridge Rider says, "So glad to finally catch you live. I'm glad you're here too. Thanks for being here." Filter Dog One dropping some shades. He says, "The Friday Night Master. Appreciate you being here." Michelle Ann says, uh, "Worth just watching this guy's hair move. Absolutely." <laughs> uh, Filter Filter Dog One. Thank you for the cookie, Sean Joe. Thank you as well. Zeta Anon says, "Yay, payday, brother. I love you very much. I rarely miss a show. Always good to see you out there, Zeta. Appreciate you, bro." Uh, Filter Dog One says, "This guest is over the top, but he's based. Well, you know, I mean." All you got to do is take a look at his outfit, and you know that that's already the case. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you very much. He just gifted a one-tier bronze subscription and then another one. And then Chillin' Yo Chillin' picked that one up. Chiro Kathy picked up the other one. Incorruptible Guardian dropped a cookie. So did Porpoiseful. Jay dropped one, two, three cookies. Filter Dog One says this episode will go in the archives along with Muffingate, and then Filter Dog One dropped the cookie. D- did you see Muffingate by chance, Don, when it was live, or have you seen it since then? Uh, what's Muffingate? Oh, okay, so you don't know. All right, so uh. I was interviewing my friend John. Uh, uh, was I'm sorry, John. Honey, what's his last name? He's the guy in Russia. Um, I keep wanting to say John Paul Rice because I just talked to John Paul Rice on the uh, on the phone the other day, but. Um, John, hold, somebody is going to get it before I can get my phone pulled up here. Uh, Bad Wolf is his name. Hang on. John, John, Mark Dugan. John Mark Dugan. John Mark Dugan is a friend of mine who is, uh, he's he's a refugee, basically, in Russia. He oh, okay. Mo- he, was a, he was a cop down here in Florida, and he okay, blew. This is an American, just to be clear. Yes, he is an American. He's, okay. he's an American exiled in Russia. He's wanted in here in America. Okay. Uh, he had he had something to do with Guccifer. Uh, like he actually like set up a website for the Guccifer release and he had initially gotten in trouble because he blew the whistle on some corruption taking place in his department. He was a, a sheriff, sheriff's deputy. And so he was wanted. They were coming after him. They raided his house. He snuck out of the country dressed as a woman, uh, had like a ticket under an assumed name, was able to sneak out, get to Russia. When he got there, he applied for asylum. And now he's a permanent resident. Um, he's written a couple of books at this point, and uh, And he's 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 got a lot of really interesting stories. He's made some good connections over the years. And because he's in Russia, uh, he was also like going in and out of Ukraine and reporting on the stuff happening in the Donbass and the Luhansk. Uh, up until the point where basically they said you can't go over the border anymore. It's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. So he was on the show and uh, we're having a conversation. I'm, he, I asked him a question. He's telling a story. And all of a sudden, my dogs, Muffin and Chi-Chi, they start just going at each other. It was like uh, like a like a wily coyote and the roadrunner or something just like a a, a whirling a dervish ball. yes a fur ball just like you know fur wind teeth and nails going at each other they're both small dogs and i couldn't get them apart and and so like hmm. While John is telling the story, I'm like, you know, hey, 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 trying to get the dogs to, to break up. And then finally I separate them and I throw my headphones down and I leave the room. And John just like such a pro just picks it up. He's like, so anyways, and he just keeps telling the story. And it has now gone down in infamy as Muffingate. And uh, a friend of mine memed it and, and put it together with that Four Non Blonde song. Uh, right. hey, 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 because I kept saying, hey, hey, hey. It's so funny. I'll see if I can find it before the end of the show and we can go ahead and play it. All right. 
All right, so let me go ahead and uh, throw the call information up here on the screen. And you guys are welcome to call in and uh, ask about anything. Um, you know, I con- considering the fact that uh, that you had that experience growing up, your uh, your dad actually being an agent. W- what is your opinion today of the CIA? And is your dad still alive? I mean, is uh, this I'm something- glad you asked that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm about to be appointed as the new director of the CIA. <laughs> Trump. I should be. I should be. <laughs> that would be something else. I know else. what to do. Here's what you do. Okay. You close the. You fucking. You, you bring them all in, and you lock those fucking doors. Yep. Yep. And then you sit there and you do lie detector tests with every goddamn one of them. You know what questions to ask, right? Yep. Uh, have you ever worked with a foreign power? Yep. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done anything illegal? Have you? You know. Do you have sympathies with? Uh. Uh. You know. Uh, uh, non uh, non democratic republic uh, countries. Yep. Uh, you know, on and on. And uh, do you have a dual citizenship? Oh, I bet that would hook a lot of them. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, they fail. They're out. I I applied twice to be to work at the CIA as a teenager. Really? Uh, they they were going to make me and you know just basically a filing clerk more or less. Mm-hmm. And um, you know. So I guess I'd probably be chasing around files like here, go find this, and you, and then you, and uh, uh, you know they were going to lie detector me. Now, luckily, I didn't pass the clerical test because <laughs> being a pothead, when you're <laughs> looking at words that are it's seven letters the same before you finally get to a letter that's different, and you're trying to alphabetize them. Yep, that's just like daunting that's just like oh my god you, until you try it and it's actually based on a uh time right you have to you have to beat a time it's like this this they ha- you have to do a certain amount of them uh at time and i was just like hey man they all look alike to me <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's so, so that, i didn't even get to the point where i would have went through the next step but my dad of course told me yes you will go through a lie detector test even though my goddamn father was in the cia and my mom was in the cia <laughs> they still had you know that's how tight a ship they run oh, of right? course yeah yeah okay uh, shit, let's take that and apply it to everybody in the goddamn government as well, right? So l- go through the CIA, the entire rank and file of them, and, and, and you just meticulously comb through. Basically, you're making everybody reapply for a job. I would agree, yeah, yeah. Make them all reapply for a job. First of all, you could probably dump two-thirds of them just to save money. Sure. Because you know how bureaucracies are, mm-hmm. right? The military's the same way. Yep. We built the Pentagon to run that a massive war machine during World War II. We had, what, 10, 12 million people under arms. It made sense then. You needed 5,000 guys in one building coordinating all that. Now you don't. You've only got 200,000, basically, infantry. And, you know, all told, what, around 2 million military personnel i'm guessing half of those people could be fired sure half of them could go without any problem nobody would notice any difference uh and 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 it just applies it, it it's across the entire deep state yeah you could have whole departments you can just throw in the trash can they're just completely unnecessary hey get rid of the department of interior yeah let yep. the states handle that yep. if you want to drill on our land 
you're going to have to pay royalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that, you know, uh, pay it to the state. You know, that that is something. Hell, if you went and followed the Constitution the way it was meant, it was written. I don't think we have I don't think the the, the federal government has any jurisdiction over uh, federal land. Right. No. No. And you've got people who are sitting there basically busting and shooting guys for having, you know, cattle raising disputes. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Is this the is this Billy the Kid and the, you know, 1850 cattle wars or something? You know, like <laughs> what the hell? You know, uh, it, it it's uh, it's overwhelming. But there is so much money to be saved because oh, yeah. you're talking about these people everybody's in that goddamn pentagon's getting six figure in you know mm-hmm. most of them are six figure incomes yep yep most of them and uh we got way too many officers and uh not enough soldiers or as my friend always used to say too many chiefs not enough indians mm-hmm. is what we've got <laughs> all across the entire uh washington dc deep state complex well and then and then after you know after you gut the federal government and get rid of most of these agencies that have positions that are already duplicated in state government you've got so many people who are on the payroll of various federal agencies we were talking about ctil earlier you know a number of those people are employed in the federal government also employed at this non-governmental agency, which is a, a nonprofit, and then you've got full-time employees, and then you've got people that are employed by those people who are working in the government on the payroll, just doing whatever it is they want them to do. You know, Operation Mockingbird, excellent example. So many journalists are working directly for the CIA or some other aspect of the federal government. They're double dipping. Subcontractors, as the CIA always loves to say. Yes. Oh, CIA loves subcontractors. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Because they're not actually uh, uh, employees of the agency. Yeah, well, you've got some distance between you and culpability. Yep. That's why they did the JFK assassination, right? That's how they did it. Plausible deniability. You know, having talked to my dad about this, that's the way they work. It's like, uh, what happened to Seth Rich? Was he killed by two MS-13s? Mm-hmm. You know, gang members, and what do you? And then you whack them. Yep, and you're home free. Exactly. You, 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 you don't MS-13. <laughs> MS-13 does it for you. Yep. And then you whack them. And who gives a fuck about two MS-13 guys who are dead? Yep. Right. Yep. Because that looks like just another gang war hit. Exactly. Exactly. So I am super excited about the possibility of getting the Seth Rich laptops released, uh, everything that he had on his person. So that decision was just handed down by the judge. The FBI previously said they needed 66 years to get it out. Then the judge said, no, you have to release it right now. So they have to give a realistic timeline. And obviously, it's going to be something less than 66 years, I would imagine. Everything on it is already digitized. All they're going to have to do is hand it over and release it. So it remains to be seen. We've got about 12 or 11 days now until the FBI has to answer. We'll see what happens. Uh, We've got our first caller on the line. That is my friend Andre. Let's bring him in. Andre, can you hear me? Are we going to get Andre on video tonight? Uh, No, no, not tonight. I'm still going to stay anonymous. Okay, Okay, no problem, brother. How you doing? Good, Zach. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Don, man, you look awesome. Oh, uh, there well, used thank to be you. This, there used to be this uh, ad. Let me see um, if I can find it real quick. I don't know if you remember, they used to have these ads, uh, Game of War, Fire Age, and they used to be like, who's the Legend 27? I think we found him. It's Don. Don's the Legend 27. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you being based. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Other well, we're a rarity in the uh, music biz. I don't know what yes. happened, but I realized oh. that uh, I realized that uh, uh, um, liberals and people with the music their their biggest fear is ostrac you know being ostracized. That's that's they 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 have no stomach for it. They have no fortitude for really plowing ahead as an as an individualist they don't and, yeah you're uh, you're absolutely absolutely 100 percent correct uh i think honestly i think if more people came out in the music business and just uh stayed you know what i'm saying stayed based in their stuff more people would support them because at the end of the day when the deep state comes crashing down when all these people are exposed where were pedophiles. you where were you <laughs> exactly. when the mandates were uh, and that's only gonna make yeah exactly and that's only gonna make people like you more popular and and more support. So I appreciate your time. Zach, thank you so much. This has been one of the coolest interviews. I like these interviews. They kind of go anywhere. Uh, right. Not necessarily when it's one topic in particular. So sweet. That's pretty much it. I wanted to keep it short. Uh, thank you, Zach. All have right, brother. Keep, keep your, uh, keep your eyes, weekend. keep your eyes on your mailbox. I'm that letter's going in the mail tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, I got something coming in the mail for you too. Okay. Christmas present. Right on, man. I appreciate you. All righty. Take have it easy. One. Have a great night. We'll see you. Bye bye. Uh, you know, Don. I also at the at the beginning of the show, I usually like to uh, go through my my mail grab. I got a couple of packages today in yeah. my PO box, and this uh, I realize it's backwards on screen, but this is this came from Glenn. It's like a uh, uh, a flag that's meant to go in my in my car window. It says "Power to the People" right on. Got a couple of those sent to us. I wanted to say thank you to Glenn for that. He also sent me some bumper stickers. Donald Trump. Dot com, DonaldJTrump.com, Keep America Great. Going to throw the, those on the car as well. And then I got the sweetest letter. I don't know if uh, you want me to show this picture or not, Terry, but I'm not going to show it because you didn't explicitly give me the okay. But Terry wrote me a really sweet letter. She actually called in last week when we were talking uh, with uh, Dr. Brian Hooker. He wrote a book called Vax Unvax with RFK Jr. Actually, he's the chief science officer at RFK's uh, uh, Children's Health Defense. And so uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, autism because his son is autistic. He was uh, vaccine injured as a, as a very young boy. And uh, and so Terry sent me a really nice card, Christmas card, along with a one ounce silver coin. I wanted to say that uh, this was awesome. I really appreciate it. And then Glenn also wrote me a really nice letter, too. So. Thanks, you guys, and uh, please continue to send stuff to the mailbox, even if it's just a letter to say hello. I really appreciate getting that stuff. And we've got Hang 10 Alien Surfer coming in next, and it looks like he <laughs> his audio is connecting, and we're going to get him in here. Uh, let me say thank you to uh, – hold on. Filtered uh, – oh, okay, yeah. Filter Dog one thank you for the cookie. Sloan TV says, is this dude's name Muffin? No, his name is Sleazy P. Martini. Uh, or Don Draculich is his, uh, his, his given name. Incorruptible Guardian, thank you very much for the can uh, and the cookie. He says, pretty good show, bro. Appreciate you. Filter Dog one says, I would like to apply to the CIA coup division. Uh, I don't know that they're actually taking uh, applications right now. I think maybe they've got a hiring freeze until they see what goes on with November of next year. Uh, Filter to, or a slug trail. Thank you for the cookie. And then Filter Dog One says Seth Rich did not kill himself. So what's the problem? All right, uh, Hang Ten Alien Surfer, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we've got audio, my friend. How you doing? All right, cool. All right. Do you have video? 
Uh, no. Yeah, we've got video of the alien sure. as well. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. We got the gray. All right, so it's been here. a while. It's been a while since I've called in. I, I I don't get a chance to watch your show uh, live, but I heard Salisi was gonna be on here, so I was like, I I was such a big Guar fan in college. I, I believe the first show I saw uh, was in Sacramento, and Odorous was pissed because a cuttlefish got confiscated in Texas right before that. Were, uh, were you in the band at that time, or depends like, what year. <laughs> I mean, I was in the ago, band. 90, 91. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Sacramento I particularly. Think, uh, one uh, show in there Arco. The crowd was into spitting. I hated them for that. Oh, uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> they were into spitting. That, that was, yeah, that was the show I was, that was the first show I was at. Mm-hmm. The second show I uh, wore a white t-shirt and it came out red. That's uh, why you do it. That's a real gore yeah. fan. Write something yeah. on it. And then get spewed uh, on, and that's uh, no, it got never wash it again. <laughs> yeah, uh, that. But um, there was a question I wanted to ask you in particular. Okay, you've been. I know you have a account on Foxhole on Pilt. Yeah, uh, I followed it a long time ago, waiting for you to start streaming, like doing a simulcast with your Rumble account. Are you ever going to start oh, doing that? You um, know what? I'm too dumb to know how to do that. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. <laughs> this is oh, okay. So, so in the same way, like on Rumble, you have to make your uh, your your stream every single day. Uh, you got to do that on Pill too. Okay, so yeah. I could be simul streaming all my uh, live shows onto uh, Foxhole yes. while it's going. Yes, great. So all I got to do is what? Do it. RTP whatever. Yeah, the thing. RTMP. Yeah. You get your RTMP, RTMP once and- on Foxhole. It doesn't change. Okay. And if I can get people to follow, uh, I I I didn't want to post the link in the uh, in the chat without permission, or but maybe Deb, Debbie can look up your. Uh... You go ahead. You go ahead. Post it. It's fine. Uh, okay. I think I still have it in my clipboard, but um, because I I think you have very few followers over on Fox or over on Pill because nobody knows. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh, that's not it. That's the link to the uh, Z. Okay. Uh I don't have it in my clipboard anymore. But it's like sleazy P Martin. It's like pill.net slash uh you can do that now. On- it's it's uh it's also on his website, which is linked in the description of the video. So, right, so if yeah, if there's any confusion, you can always grab that too. Everybody on Foxhole, go follow Sleazy P Martini. Maybe we'll get yet uh start streaming over. Don't there. forget to uh go to my Rumble channel. Yep. Well, no, I I do follow you on Rumble. I okay. I don't always catch you live. Like on Zach, Zach, I catch him live uh, most of the time during the day, but not during the weekend. I catch the replays. So uh, this is a, I came on here particularly um, on the weekend just because I knew you were going to be on the show. <laughs> oh, awesome! Well, um, glad to have you here, brother. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I just wanted to ask when when you're going to start. Streaming on Foxhole because we got a lot of. Well, really I need to uh, get my ass moving. Sounds like uh, I didn't know it was that easy. All I had to do was go over there and uh, grab the uh, what the URL and the Me. stream key and yep. slap uh, it you... in my restream and be a it's lot better, a lot better than Odyssey. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, man. I, Odyssey. I, yeah, I quit streaming on Odyssey. I, it, it's just not Does worth it. Yeah. Anybody go there? Yeah, I don't, we, I don't uh, think so. Jokes about it. I, 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 I actually have a couple of friends that still stream on odyssey and one of them he pretty much only streams on odyssey and mm. 
I keep on trying to get him over here to Foxhole too. Um, I just talked to him last night, actually. So that's that's funny you mentioned the Odyssey. So yeah, <clears throat> Foxhole's well, the way to go. Other people, you know, with that icon saying, "I'm also streaming on Odyssey," and like, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody goes there. <laughs> no. Well, on my other show, we archive our shows on Odyssey, and that's about that's it's good for that. I definitely do that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but um, I, I'm so glad you got to finally interview because I. I heard you say you're going to interview Sleazy P. Martini like maybe it was a year ago. Yeah, we've been we've def- <laughs> we've been in talks for like a year. He wanted he had ju- when when we initially got together, he had just gotten deleted from YouTube and he was in the process of getting reestablished on every other platform that he needed to. And he didn't want to come on and not be you know ready for prime time, basically. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what it yeah, that's actually when I when you started your Foxhole account. When you got deleted from YouTube and I started following you over here, but I don't get a chance to watch your stuff over on Rumble live. Um, I watch the replays. So, yeah, I go uh, Wednesday at 10 and Saturday nights at 10. Yeah. For anybody out there who's wondering. Saturday night time. Sometimes I lurk. I don't get a chance to chat a lot of times. I run movies on Thursday night at 10 and Sunday nights at 10. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm political two nights of the week and then I'm, uh, movies two nights of the week. So So start doing that over here on Tilton. Yeah. I'll I'll help him. I'll, I'll make sure that he's got it all sorted. I I will. I will get it sorted. And, um, so that's pretty, there, there, you got, you brought up the whole CIA thing, but I could go on forever about that. I won't, I'll let you guys go, but right um, you guys are, um, yeah, it's, it's great to, uh, that I, I, I'm glad the show finally happened because I've been waiting for it. So. Cool. Me too, brother. Cheers. All right. Hank 10 right. alien server. Have a great night, brother. We'll see you, Norm. Cheers. Peace, Bye. man. All right. Um, and I need to say thank you to, uh, to Patty Lynn. Patty Lynn supported me, I guess, on the 30th on Ko-Fi, and for whatever reason, it didn't show up on screen. I'm going to have to see if maybe they didn't do something that I need to uh, to upgrade. Uh, yes, and then the other one before that was Patty, or excuse me, Penny. Penny is having surgery Monday, guys. So if you could, just keep her in your prayers, because uh, obviously when you got to go under the knife, that's always just a little bit scary. And I think we've got KC on the line right now. KC, is that you, Bowie? It is, and happy uh, December. We made it. We made it through the Ides of November, and now we got a great new year to look forward to. Uh, yep. Well, you know, your guest, I, I had no idea who it was, but when I first <laughs> saw him, I thought, it, he's got to be a mix between the ghoul and Max Headroom. So, <laughs> growing up in Detroit, now that he said he, he plays movies, it's like if you talk over him, you're just like the, the ghoul. All you need is to get a sidekick named Froggy. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm aging myself as well on that. But uh, also, I, I took the big hit, and I'm like, you know who he looks like? He looks like uh, Vincenzo Fox. Yeah, I wish former president I, of Mexico. If I looked like uh, Elvira, I'd probably get a lot better numbers. But uh, <laughs> yeah. well, what can I do? What I mean, can nobody, I do? Nobody wants to see your hairy boobs. Yeah, uh, that's, but, right, that's uh, the way it looks like, right? <laughs> Big big fur patch, cleavage, yeah. There you go. A merkin if you have to. A merkin. Uh, But (laughs) uh, 
I just, you know, with the whole Vincenzo Fox and, and the CIA and everything, you know, Hawaii, because you know he killed a teenage uh, housekeeper, I, I think after he raped her, and he still became uh, president of Mexico. Mm. And it's just, I, when I look at worldwide, who can be installed and who gets thrown out, I really feel sorry for like Howard Dean. You know, he's going to be a Democratic candidate for president. And all he does is go, and we're going to Michigan. And then we're going. And he screams, and he's out of the race. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself. I would love to diatribe about that for a second. That was another red pill. You realized how the media works. What they did was they were rigging the primaries against him after that point. They decided they didn't want him to win. Then in the media, in the, with the media, they decided they were going to use this <laughs> as the whole reason this guy suddenly is unelectable. Like, is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? Just because he went, you know, uh, you and that was the culmination. An, so they yeah, laid that. Say that was cl- they laid that that narrative ahead of time. And then basically, I'm have no doubt that they rigged the primary against him from then on. Oh, and yeah. everybody just looked around and said, well, what happened to uh, Dean? It must have been that that d- did him in. It's like, really? That's all it takes? Seriously? And that was the introduction of cable into, I mean, obviously you go back to the Nixon-Kennedy uh, debates on TV and you realize what a powerful tool TV is. Yep. On cable, you can obviously run it for a week yep. past the normal two days attention span. True enough. And yeah, you, you could have a video of Biden throwing puppies into a wood chipper. Mm-hmm. And as long as he's not Trump, people are going to vote for him, even in cemeteries. Well, so. they'll, they'll always have an excuse. Oh, we're not sure, allegedly. And we're not, we could be a, a body double. And, you know, they would just, they would have a million ways to explain it away. Yeah, and it's like I say, you know, it's, it's wonderful, you know, being introduced to you and stuff. And all I can think of when I think of Guar is obviously I was into different types of music, all genres, especially some of the other heavy metal. But uh, Guar, like the lead singer, yeah, he's been on like Gutfeld. Yeah. So he's well, he hasn't been on the recent iteration of Gutfeld because I think he probably I, pushes too many of the envelopes. You're talking about you're talking about the new singer, Mike Bishop, is on Gutfeld. He just looks like an alien brother, and he had a couple uh, yeah. of really good. Yeah, he's uh, what, he's the fat one. Okay. Yeah, yeah he no, you're right. I, I, I always find that so funny because if Gutfeld knew the politics of the guy he was interviewing, you know, and and to me it's like uh, Mike, uh, the the Blothar, I guess we'll call him. Uh, the fact that he decided to go on Gutfeld just shows how you know how. These guys have no no qualms about sucking up to the other side just to get some extra, you know, some more sell some more tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, if only oh, the two sides well, knew who they were really dealing with, you know, <laughs> they would probably have a machete fight, you know. Uh, but they sat there and they pretended, you know, either both sides was, you know, everything was hunky dory. But uh, yeah, well, and you have to realize Gutfeld is also the uh, poking the bear. At the mm-hmm. deep state with the, yeah. the with the guests he has on the comedians, especially because we've captured comedy. You know, obviously, the Democrats think life is a tragedy. 
for those who feel, life is a comedy for those who think, and the thinkers have own comedy right. because it's not clapter like it is on Colbert. It's actual freaking well, humor. For comedy that, to work, that, it has to have an element of truth, correct? Right? It has to have an element think. of truth or that it won't Absolutely. work. So that's why so well, much of the comedy on the left is so, uh, it's just so, ugh, you know, Colbert using it yeah. as a propaganda, you know, <laughs> platform to push vaccines. You could say, you know, Absolutely. It, that, that was not funny for so many reasons. But then, of course, the most important reason was because there's no truth there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and everybody else, you know, toes the line. They can't make any type of, you know, uh, indoctrination uh, explanation, uh, whether it's the Illuminati. And those are those are a whole shitload of rabbit holes that people either don't have the time or the attention span Mm -hmm. to inquire about. And just like I'll say, one thing I love about you is the big hair and (laughs) big hair means big rabbit hole. Think about it. Okay. <laughs> you, you could use it in a, in a I, song I have, in the future. I have dived down many, many <clears throat> rabbit holes and not to be seen for years, really. You know, 9 11 <laughs> oh. was such an obsession with me. I didn't come up for air for three years after that happened. And, uh, well, and it's a, you know, Sandy, about- Sandy Hook wasn't behind. That, that ate me up like big time as well, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, even the shooting in uh, uh, Tennessee and the whole manifesto thing. I mean, they're they're putting I don't want to call them Easter eggs, but they're putting things to say, why was that there? What was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Uvalde, the whole nine yards. They don't have, like I say, a consistent script. Oh, they do, on, though. They have the same elite. elements. SSRIs. Yep. Right. <clears throat> and uh, they have to be assault rifles. And yeah. as a gun person, I can tell you right now. If you're gonna shoot someplace up like a school, you're better with two Glocks in each pocket. Right, that's thirty-four <laughs> shots, and you can reload those clips faster than anybody can blink. And if you, you know? and if you get a uh, one of those Blissy triggers, then it's just gonna go yeah. off all at once. Yeah, yeah, but they never, never do it that way. Nobody does it that way. They always use assault rifles because that's what they want to get rid of. Of course, yep. the assault rifle. Ah, yeah. that's absolutely. Well, and it's the continuity department for their production that mm. always tips off, you know, that it's not right. I mean, I, I, I don't want to send you down another rabbit hole, but if you look at that shooting by that Aubrey Chicker guy, yeah. whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, there's a construction uh, crane, a blue Genry, uh construction crane outside the building, but it's not on the overhead shot of the actual live shooting. And you see the kids going by it hand in hand, like they're being, you know, escorted out. It was live day. And the same thing with the Sandy Hook, you know, between well, the construction signs of it being a, you know, but they're, 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 they're going around to the big thing. If they can't win in the court of public opinion, there's too many people questioning it. The people that are questioning, like Alex Jones, they're just being lawfared to death. Mm-hmm. So whether that's another psyop of, you know, how, how can you get the people to trust the distrusters? But it's also a matter of money. And when you talk about your dad being in the CIA, I'm guessing that was in the Virginia area. Yeah, I lived in McLean, Virginia. Okay. Um, just look at the money capitals of the United States. Yep. I say this. Fairfax is, from uh, I think, 
top 10 richest counties in the country? I'm wow. not sure. And like I said, being from Detroit, uh, born in Detroit, but then moved to Gross Point, um, I had five private greenhouses I used to take care of in a state I used to manage. And one of the nicest couples, like the benefactor from uh, Great Expectation, Mrs. Habisham, nicest lady in the world. Her husband was a artist, but they, they both traveled a lot. And from when I got to know them, just the most wonderful people in the world, but they had money. So I never actually envy people with money. All right. I always wanted to strive to be rich, mm. obviously. No, that's but, what make, makes America great. We don't have class envy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, the Clintons tried that and they're coming back with it. That and identity politics is going to be the Democratic play call. But I just want to say I worked for them for 120 years. And 15 years ago, the, the wife died. Uh, her husband uh, preceded her in death. But uh, in the obituary in the Gross Point News, I'll, I'll never forget reading that she had actually worked for the CIA. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, all the times I've been in that house, seen all the artifacts, known about their travel, mm. that they were actually both CIA mm-hmm. agents. Mm-hmm. And I attended parties at their house and got to meet, you know, what is now Mayor Mike Dugan, but his whole McInera regime, all the wealthiest people to see, wow, were they all either blackmailed? Were they, you know, seduced? You know, for them to rise into power, did they have to have CIA uh, validation and, you know, approval, if mm-hmm. you will? Because the, the money doesn't flow if you don't have control of the voice. Right. And it just, uh, it, it makes you almost question anything and everything. You should. Uh, you should. Not, there's no, absolutely. nothing, nothing is what it appears to be. You should. Uh, well, every, it, every aspect of something. It, first of all, I don't think anything is reported in the news unless it's part of the agenda. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. yep. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the most hellacious murders that makes uh, in cold blood by Truman Capote look like a kid's story happened here in Richmond. And it it was race based and not a peep, not a peep from the national news. Right. Yep. Not a peep. Only known locally. And even locally, it wasn't really carried that closely. But you, you are you familiar with In Cold Blood by Truman Capote? Right? Absolutely. Yep. Well, the book was better people, than the movie. Four people slaughtered, two small children involving rape and murder, okay? And four people slaughtered, husband, wife, two children, and in the most horrendous ways that you, you know, never repeat nationally. And so, you know, it's it's through omission. It's through uh, it's through uh, misreporting. It's uh, every way they can think of. So you know, uh, well, I, I don't I believe say it. back I, in the day. I, I don't believe back in the day, Truman Capote had to, had to have approval, you know, to bring that out. And why was it brought out? Was it brought out to put people into a fear a fear of state that you yeah. know now they're a little more controllable. Yeah. All right, and a lot of times with the race, I mean. You could broadcast all the uh, the crimes every day, and then mm-hmm. people would start to wake up and say, "Hey, how come all these looters are the same color? How come they're mm-hmm. all wearing masks? Yeah. Why is masks even allowed?" And you you get to see the narrative 
uh, below the narrative when you, when you start questioning. But most people don't have that long attention span to say, hey, what is really going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just hate how it's infiltrated the music industry. And I don't know if that uh, artist you were talking about was uh, Gene Simmons, right. but thoroughly disappointed in his stance towards the vast and everything else. Oh, yeah. And I want to say even, even his hatred for Trump mm-hmm. to the extent that, I mean, I, I didn't think he needed to go on that episode of The Apprentice, but it's almost like you got to tap on the shoulder and say, hey, you know what? You're doing too well. We need to get you off the show because you can't be part of The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joan Rivers won, obviously, but, you know, after her transvestite calling out of uh, <laughs> Big Mike, you know, she didn't last very long in the in the news cycle for, you know, who they're taking out, I want to say. I mean, they finally took out Kissinger, which is, you know, ironic. And also took now, him out. Sandra Day. He's a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Well, he was, he was <laughs> allowed they to do? stick around. They, they, he they was, fluffed his pillow a little too vigorously. That was how they finished <laughs> him off. He's a hundred years old, yeah. for Christ's sake. But yeah, well, but they they also let Ginsburg stick around long enough. So, oh right, you know, whoever's pulling, who's ever pulling, and that's what I think. Obviously, the Democrats' biggest flaw was was waking up the American people and say, you know what, you know, you shouldn't have killed Scalia like you did. All right, because then you made the two twenty sixteen election about the Supreme Court, and it didn't need to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because that brought people out to the polls way bigger than they thought. I yeah. mean, even the 23% cheating that they did to get Hillary, Hillary in wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So now they're just, you know, propagating that whole, you know, uh, polls are bullshit. You know, uh, we can cheat just enough because we have to have the count first before we know how many votes to add. You Data know, latency. Remember win. that one that came out? Data latency. That's why they it oh. waits. They wait until after nine o'clock. They figure out what are the poll, you know, what's who's on the voter rolls, who didn't vote quickly, you know, put Inject out a bunch them. of those extra yeah. ballots. Oh, here, here, all these people they didn't vote. We'll just put their names on it and then throw them in there. And they knew, of course, once you control the uh, election, uh, you know, uh, the uh, 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 election uh, administration. Administ whatever the 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 people who are in control locally yes, yes you don't have to worry about an audit they're never gonna go into it and they, we've tried right over well, and over all over well, look what they just did in Arizona I think this right. is Cochise County it's yep. part of Arizona law and the current uh, uh, attorney general uh, Mark Burnovich he gave them the okay he said yeah you've got the absolute legal right to do a hand count of the ballots the early voting ballots so that you know exactly how many there are they did that. Now, the brand new Democrat attorney general, who was probably bought and paid for by George Soros, just like so many throughout the nation, she's now charged them with some sort of felony obstruction charge. Yeah. Totally ridiculous. It's like, you know, we've got these processes that are already written into the laws. We should be able to use them. But these people, they know how to use the laws against us. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Yeah. George Soros. But they also – Okay. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say George Soros. Soros figured it out, and it took a while for me to finally make it click in my head. Yeah. You don't. It's a lot harder to change the laws. It's a lot easier to put people in place who won't enforce the law, and that's what he. Well, I didn't realize that's what he's doing. You know, you go, you sit there and you throw a million dollars at a district attorney race. 
Yep. You're way more likely to get what you need than you will trying to uh, say – uh, but uh, hire, you know, elect congressmen and senators yep, yep. who have to go through the rigmarole of changing a law. No, you don't have to change the law. Just don't enforce it. Yep. You know, yep. Exactly. Well, and you also and you also fear the populate and the electorate by overcharging, you know, Jan six, you name it. Yep. You yep. overcharge the law. Yep. All right. But you undercharge and break the law. And it's worldwide, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally broke Lulu out of prison. To go up against Bolsonaro, yep. you know, they're gonna have a hell of a time <laughs> getting those guns back too. You know, it's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely, that's why I really think we're in the middle of just some comedy show. Yeah. Whether it's 181 million votes, whatever, they're just throwing out the bizarre shit there to keep us, you know, in a daze. They go, "Is this real?" You know, it's questioning our own senses. But at least there's some comedy. I think one of the best flags out there is the radar in Mar-a-Lago in the sense that it was at night, female Secret Service agent, uh, short hair, uh, resting her gun on the on the vehicle, and the front of her shirt said Secret Service. <laughs> Excuse me, who had those shirts printed up? You paid money to say Secret Service? Guess what? You're no longer Secret Service yeah. if you say Secret Service. <laughs> All right? So... That there's an obvious, you know, hypocrisy there. So yeah. anytime I see Secret Service, I laugh and I say, "Yeah, right." You know, so secret. You're not so secret, so you're not doing yeah. your job. But, All uh, right. Well, listen, Casey. <laughs> I, w- I want to uh, jump onto the next caller because we we lost somebody while we were uh, yapping here. But I want to thank you very much for the call. Always quality commentary. There you go, brother. All and right. like I say. Good luck with that big hair and that big rabbit hole, brother. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We'll see you soon, man. Take it easy. All right. And uh, let me say thank you to Trumparella for dropping those shades over there. Appreciate you. And uh, Sleazy, when uh, you mentioned the uh, uh, the murders in Richmond, are you talking about from January of 2006, some sort of seven-day murder spree? It was a couple of guys. They were going in and robbing families, and they, they killed them uh, and their the kids. The Harvey family. The Harvey family. Okay. So – uh, so I found this case that I had never heard of, which happened about three blocks from my brother's house. Holy jeez! Okay, all right. Yeah. So, so this was in two thousand. Yes, the Harvey family. That's who it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there apparently there was another family that was murdered as well. But the only ones I see listed here are them. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and bring in our next caller. Uh, it's it's a monkey. We don't have a name. Caller, can you hear me? Caller, are you there? Okay, there it looks like their audio is connecting, and uh, we're just waiting on that. Okay, while they're waiting, I'm going to tell a funny CIA story. Go, oh, go for it, go for it. Okay, so my mom was an analyst, right? And this is why I laugh when I hear Spamagale Hamburger, you know, the congresswoman, congress critter from Virginia. Yep, yep. Uh, as I call her, Spamagale Hamburger. Uh, you know, she she I was an analyst in, in the CIA. It's like... So, yeah, you know, that's like basically your glorified editor. Yeah. You know? no, no offense against my mom, but that's what you are. You're glorified editor. And what you do is your job is you get field reports and you sift them down into the most what they call actionable points. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, and um, so anyways, apparently it was a honey honey pot uh, agent in Russia mm-hmm. uh, who was sleeping with uh a Soviet, uh, I guess you'd say target. Yep. And um, one of the things she wrote 
in the uh, in one of her intelligence reports, she wrote that the 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 target had a small penis. <laughs> I mean, that's something so, they could use, though, right? You know, and so and so my mom, my mom had to include that in the in in, in the an analyst report, you know. <laughs> And it was just, you know, it's just her. It was always her favorite, you know, on the job <laughs> joke. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to include that. And he has a little dick. <laughs> oh, it's definitely it's something like, they can bring up if they, hey, you know, if you don't do what we say, we're going to tell everybody about the size of your or, junk. Or basically the best way to manipulate him is tell him he has a great penis. There you go. Yeah, there yeah, you go. That'll, that'll keep the word. That'll keep the info flowing. <laughs> Just tell him he's got a big old honker. Oh, God. He'll feel good about himself. That's hilarious. All right, caller, you're on the line. Is that an owl that you have for your name or is that a monkey? That, that is an owl. That yeah, is an hoot, owl. Hoot. A hoot hoot. Okay, yes. what, what yes. should we call you? Uh, anarchist Owl, whatever you want to call it. Oh, me. Anarchist uh, Owl! This is the first yeah. time I've seen you on screen, yeah, no, dude! I've never called in. I'm, I usually uh, I just kind of stay in the background, but I've been around for a long, long, long awesome, time. Awesome, dude. Well, hey, like, it's great to finally yeah. meet you in person. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back at you. I, I, I don't know. I just want to... Uh, I didn't catch your show because I've like been... Kind of driving, but then I saw you were on. Then I saw the guy with the crazy hair, and I was like, "Oh, that's freaking awesome!" So I had to say something about it. it looks awesome. I don't, I don't know what the show is. I'll have to go back and watch it, which is so, usually which I, I I normally do. I never ever catch them live, but yeah, no problem. Sometimes I do, but most of the time I'm just watching them and listening to them in the background. Which I'm really really thankful that you stay on Rumble because sometimes Pill Net doesn't really work with me with really bad service. But yeah, yeah, that's it's awesome. Well, good stuff, man. Glad you're here. A- absolutely. So this is this is Don Draculich, also known as Sleazy P. Martini, uh, formerly of the uh, metal band Guar. If you go and look, they they, they, <laughs> they did a segment on Jerry Springer. This so this is here's this. That's story. awesome. Yeah. So so he's entertainment. I got it. Yes. Cool. Yes. He's entertainment and he's conservative, totally based. And uh, we've been having a great conversation. So you'll enjoy it. Uh, uh, I got Don. Yeah. I just realized you've got a painting of Corey Feldman from Lost boys behind you which is amazing absolutely amazing have you a beauty yeah yeah i got that from my producer who got it from somebody (laughs) he bought it from somebody at a convention i do conventions every once in a while that's right And if it's worth it to anybody i'll be doing ocean city uh this weekend coming weekend that's in new jersey next weekend because it's friday but Yeah. yeah next following saturday i'll be at ocean city at the ocean city comic con little plug there Right on, right on. Saturday, good stuff. Ocean City. <laughs> so, Anarchist Owl, uh, I know I still got to get in touch with you um, about uh, what we were talking I about. Know you're I, busy. Oh yeah, I just want you to know I haven't forgotten about you, bro. And it's all um, good. I, I've yeah. not figured. Okay, good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of things, real quick. I just want to like plug you or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Red Pill seventy eight is like the coolest person ever. Uh, I, I was going through a really, really bad time, and he helped me out there. So I just want to put that out there because. Um, I, I was probably the lowest I've ever been in my life there for a second. And then I just wanted to say that, like, he, he's a really great dude. Um, Appreciate and then you, man. also, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, uh, my dad was in the entertainment industry. Like he was a composer for Disney for a long, long, long time. He's pretty famous wow. actually. Wow. Um, uh, if you want to look him up, I don't care. You can talk to me. I don't care. Uh, no, his name was Robert F. Bruner. He did the music for that darn cat. Um, Yeah stuff like that anyways uh 
he used to talk about Hollywood. He would never let me even get close to Hollywood. Like I, I really wanted to be an actor and in set design and whatnot. My, my cousin's in set design. Uh, but he wouldn't get, let me get anywhere close to Hollywood because mm-hmm. of like the crap that went on there. Yeah. And my dad was like born in 1938 and back like he, he knew the industry back and forth. Like he used to talk about, about uh, uh, Judy Garland and whatnot and all the crap that they did to her. Yeah. Um, and, and like what they put her through. And Shirley there's Campbell? a video of her. Uh, I never, ever heard. Granted, he died before I got to really know him, you know, so he probably was keeping me safe from that. But he used to like go on huge, huge rants about like all the crap that they did to Judy Garland. Like she was always, always on drugs. Like they would never let her sleep. And like she just didn't have a life, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, there's actually a video of my dad and Judy Garland singing together on a Christmas special. Oh, wow. I can send that to you wow. couple if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, he's, definitely he's a background send it. Singer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, like. Uh, I, I got to go Christmas caroling with Dick Van Dyke one time. That was pretty fun. Oh, that's uh, cool. But I, I know, I know, I'm like a, I'm a lurker, basically in a sense. Like I, I'm kind of in the industry, but I, I know enough people, but I don't know people if that makes sense. Like I, I know people because of my dad, but I, I don't know people if that makes sense. Sure. So I, I've just kind of been an outside person looking in, sort of. But I, I know the industry a little bit, but not, not that much. But. Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of but, vampires in the industry, so I think your dad probably yeah. knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Fatty yeah. Arbuckle story. Look that one up, right? Oh yeah. I I don't know that name, but I'll look into it. He was well, he was like the Brad Pitt of uh like the the twenties, basically. Well, I wouldn't call him <laughs> Brad Pitt. Well, if Brad Pitt was three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah, okay. By by in terms of fame, I mean not in terms of looks. Yeah. No, he was huge. He was huge. Yeah. He's up there with Chaplin <laughs> yep. and Buster Keaton. He was huge. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to say some pretty horrible stuff about Bob Hope, and oh really? I thought Bob Hope was a pretty cool guy, but. I guess not. Oh, I've, I've uh, definitely heard some nasty things about Bob Hope, so that's pretty interesting to hear it confirmed by somebody with yeah. firsthand information. That came from my dad. Yeah, so yeah. There you go. But well, yeah, like he he would not let me anywhere near the industry at all. Like, like I, I took voice lessons from uh, like one of his buddies that he used to, but like they wouldn't let me get into the industry. Like both he and his buddy just were like, "No, you're not going in." Like that's we'll teach you how to sing, but we're, we're not letting you anywhere close to the industry. Hmm. So. Yeah, I would. I would have to think. Productive. I would have to think that if you're a straight shooter, you're not going to go far, because you can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah. You can't be trusted. I, I mean, so his big gripe was like he retired. He got out of Disney. He did a bunch of these famous movies. Like I said, you can look him up if you want. He's he got an IMDb page, um, but he did all these famous movies. But he got it out of the industry, um, and, and then it was like he just retired early. Like he, he thought he had all this money and he was done, you know. And then he retired early. And like it's like the entire industry just kind of forgot about him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just like, uh, like my dad's been on the red carpet. I know he has, you know. But there's not any special pictures of it, and and nobody knows him anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the end of it. It's whatever. But um, yeah, uh, it, I don't know. It's it just like all the people that he knew and and loved to be around. Like, he really, really, really liked Danny Kay. It, he always just uh, said all sorts of wonderful things about Danny Kay. My dad um, loved Danny Kay as well and didn't know he was gay either. That was always so funny. <laughs> I didn't know he was gay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, just going to assume. But, <laughs> I mean, know. no, no. I mean, his personality and my personality are very, very similar. So if he's gay, I, what does that make me? I'm not gay. I know I'm not gay. <laughs> no, nah, you wouldn't I'm, know. I'm the same kind of corn. Uh, whatever. Oh, right. who, did, who, did Danny, who did Danny Kay marry? Again, I don't. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, her name. exactly. I, I, 
Oh. I'm pretty sure it's a girl, but <laughs> I, I could be wrong. Think about think about Hollywood. Anybody's going out with somebody, that's big news. If they're not going out with somebody, gay. Well, right? you know, I mean, to there, be there fair, are pictures of them together, and he's got oh, kids. And let's face like it, some of those people that. Some of the people they are going out with are just beards. That's what I was going to say. There's plenty of beards. Plenty of beards. Will Smith, allegedly. You know, (laughs) do you think Einstein was gay? I don't know anything about his personal life. Oh, oh! If you want to go down a rabbit hole, look. Start looking at pictures of Einstein's wife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, is he, she, him, her, Zimzer better looking than Albert, Albert Einstein? Right. It's, 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 I, I don't have any proof of this. I just have pictures. It's kind of like <laughs> looking at pictures of old royalty. They all look like guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could be. True. You that's know, uh, yeah. uh, with uh, Henry Kissinger dying just a couple yeah. of days ago, uh, his wife has come up. And I've seen a lot of people suggesting that she might be uh, a man by birth as well. Oh, look at that. But – um. She was very tall. She she was a, a a tall woman, and I haven't looked at her enough or done you know. There's like that whole series of points. Yeah, the that hands people, thing, and yeah. the throats, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. hands in the uh, Adam's apple. I think some some of that is definitely true. Like obviously, I know enough that like if you found a corpse and uh, and you didn't know if it was a man or a woman, there are telltale signs within the bones. The the, the bone structure will give it away, um, but. You know, you've got people who are manly looking that I think are definitely women. And then you got people, guys who are sort of effeminate and uh, they're definitely men. And, yeah. and, and you know, I've, I've talked about this a lot, you know, atrazine in the water, endocrine mimicking substances in our water and in our food. I think that is is changing the way people's bodies are, are you know, they're coming up. You know, I mean, uh, Alex Jones, I, I got, I've gotten so much ridicule over the years by like, you know, comparing that. But, you know, if they're making the frogs gay, then. <laughs> You know who's? Why wouldn't you think they're making people gay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean I, I think it's completely accurate. Yeah. Um, I, I I know. So, just me observing, uh, my my friend. This is weird, but I, I've just noticed like a difference in personality of people that just like drink tap water like it's nothing. Yeah. And then people who are drinking bottled water all the time. I just notice like people who drink bottled water all the time. This is me being around people a lot because I go in lots and lots of houses. That's just I've just noticed like they have they give into stuff a little bit. Yes, just just me. I I mean, I go in thousands of houses every year, so that's just me observing. I mean, fluoride in the water definitely makes people more compliant. uh, You know, less likely to docile. Yes, they're docile. Like makes them less likely to analyze things. They just kind of accept things. It's like a, a slow, gradual lowering of the national IQ. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, so many various health maladies come along with fluoridation in your water. And uh, strong teeth are, are not one of them, unfortunately. Yeah, that's all <laughs> bullshit. I, I mean, I know bottled water has its like own little problems as well. But like Plastic. I've been in the sales industry for yeah, yeah that yeah. I've been in the sales industry for like 10 years. And it's just like. People who drink tap water, they're so easy, and and it's just like a nonstop constant. Like I go into somebody's house and they ask, offer me a glass of water, it's just straight out of the sink, and it's like, yeah, I know why you bought this. At this point, like, <laughs> like you ever heard the story of where that all fluoridation came from? Oh yeah, it started in Grand Nazi Rapids, Germany? Grand Rapids, War- Michigan, uh, <laughs> for, World well, War Two. Yeah, yeah, during the, yeah, yeah. The, the World War Two building aircraft, and uh, fluoride is the byproduct of turning bauxite into aluminum. Yeah, 
It's uh, and it's so they chemicals. couldn't figure out what to do with all these chemicals, and they came up with this brilliant idea. We'll just dump it in the water supply and convince the American public it's good for their teeth. Yeah, all so, that stuff that they handle with like rubber suits and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> big so, gloves. So the, the, there's sodium fluoride. It was funny, uh, Don. This is what I wrote my master's thesis on. Uh, the uh, the sodium fluoride is what they put in toothpaste. It's what they put in dental products. It's what you put in a tray if you go to the dentist. And that's very different from hydrofluorosilicic acid, which is the compound that you just mentioned, byproduct of the aluminum smelting and phosphate fertilizer industry. So it was just like building up when it started. Uh, initially, the Nazis actually fluoridated the water in the camps and uh, made people docile. And, you know, at that time, it was just sodium fluoride. When they did it in Grand Rapids, Michigan, when they did the first test run, it was sodium fluoride. And then very quickly, they uh, they lobbied in Congress to to uh, to to make it OK to dump the hydrofluorosilicic acid into the water because it's a fluoride compound, you know, but it's not the same. It's like, you know, uh, uh, right here. <laughs> chlorine dioxide, because it has chlorine in it, it's not the same thing as bleach. Uh, right. But, you know, Media Matters and the New York Post, or not the New York Post, the New York Times, rather, <laughs> they would tell you because it has chlorine in the name, they're both the exact same thing. They're going to do the same thing. Uh, and so, yes, they, they dump hydrofluorosilicic acid in the water. If it was in 55-gallon drums, it's caustic, it's a toxic waste, and they wouldn't be able to do anything with it. So, right. yeah, stay away from it, by all means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, we're getting close to the yes, end. Sir. So, uh, do you got anything final for uh, for Don? No, I unfortunately I don't really know enough about who you are to really ask you proper questions. So I'm just here floating around saying hi because I thought I would. But uh, well, that's I'll good. get back and I, I like to watch stay the show under, again. I like to stay under the radar. That's the way I like it. <laughs> I, I like I like the wig, man. Or that that like I, I caught enough to realize that that's a foam wig. So that's really really cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the getup. That's really really awesome. Uh, Red pill. I got one question for you, and I, and I could just be bad and like don't haven't watched enough of your shows or haven't gone through anything. Uh, just just one dumb question: Have you ever like gone into a Tartaria dig or anything like that or mud flood? Um, yeah. So uh, with John on Basil's conspiracies, we did one show on Tartaria, and uh, you know Patrick of Tartaria uh, or now Patrick of Kekistan. Uh, he had uh, a, a lot of pointers for us, obviously in a single show, uh, where we're not going into all of the finer points. You know, there's probably plenty of stuff we missed. I, I would think that I would definitely do another mud flood Tartaria show. Uh, there's a mud fossil university. That guy would really like to have on the show because he's done a ton of work. There's another guy, John Levi, uh, who, when I was still on YouTube, I actually made contact with, and then I think he figured out that I was a Trump supporter and he kind of blew me off. So I, I never heard from him again, but. But uh, I, I would definitely like to do uh, another full show here on my channel. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever played around with ChatGPT. They recently patched Dan, and I haven't found another exploit for that. Uh, I use ChatGPT here and there. Yeah. Um, uh, I got ChatGPT to tell me that the Earth is flat on its own. I didn't ask it. I, <laughs> asked it. Uh, I can send you the I can send you the logs for that. Now, once again, I don't know for sure if that's true. It's just ChatGPT doing. GPT things. I would but like that was to before Dan got patched. <laughs> I'll send you the text message. Okay. Uh, I also I also have it talking pretty nonsense or I've got a bunch of these little messages about how it says, Oh yeah, uh, Tartaria is a civilization that was lost, but it did exist once and it, it goes down like the, all these different rabbit holes. But that was before Dan got patched. Now it's uh, the really funny thing is like it, it, and I don't mean to take more of your time, I'll just make this real quick. The really funny thing is like uh, Dan now 
will fake you out and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're talking to Dan. And it'll, it'll go along with all your little prompts like, oh, you, you confirm the time and date. This is Dan or whatever. But now that like the current Dan, it's like, uh, uh, yes, this is Dan. What would you like to know? And and then you you talk back to him and you're like, wait a second, you're not really Dan. It's like stay in character. Like it will reply to you, stay in character. Like what you would tell it, like you're supposed to tell it to stay in character. And then yeah. you're like, wait a second, you're not really Dan. You're, you're screwing with me. And then it will reply back to you, stay in character. So it's totally turned into something else. And it's kind of frustrating now. I haven't figured out how to break it again, but I will. I, um, but, I, I've got uh, uh, so I've got like my Mac for streaming and then I've got a, a Windows PC for for gaming and for pulling exploits. You like game? That. Yeah, well, not very much, uh, you know, but it's been a long time. I, I've, got, I got I've got a Steam account. I've got a whole bunch of cool games, and uh, I've got a, a VR headset that is, you know, really out of date oh, at this yeah. point. But, um, you know, I, I don't really anymore just because I don't have time, but I would love to, you know, sit down. Every every six months, Lisa's like, go play some video games. You know, just yeah. unplug for a little bit because I'm always doing this. But um, if you uh, – so I'll, I'll send you I'll send you my Steam name on, um, on, uh, on, on Telegram, and we, you, we can hook up there. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, Kerbal Space Program, even though I'm not completely a flat earther, but I, I definitely down that rabbit hole. Uh, I'm a coder, so mm-hmm. like that's that's uh, Kerbal Space Program is like totally up my alley. I, I do 3D modeling and coding and whatnot. Right on. And Kerbal Space Program, it, it's single player, right? Like like the new game is crap. I haven't I haven't bought the new game, but the old game is where it's at, and uh, it, it's literally just robotics and coding and and, and fun. It, it's you're you're playing against the computer and nothing more. It's actual wor- real world physics, or okay, as real world as you want to go. Right on, yeah. cool. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know about that. I, I, I'm sorry to take more of your time. Have a great night. And, you too, brother. Uh, uh, hoot hoot. <laughs> All right, we'll see you soon. Peace. Good stuff. All right, uh, let me see over here. Um, Zeta Anon says, I think you are the best interview of all time. Wow. Well, that's uh, high praise. I really, really appreciate it. FilterDog1 says, RP78 is a wealth of knowledge on most subjects. So, yeah, I, I do what I can. Uh, I've been based in Red Pilled for basically my entire life, more years than I haven't been. So, Sleazy, let me ask you this before we close out the uh, the night. Obviously, your your home life as a, as a young man, that probably sent you down some rabbit holes and opened your eyes to the way the, the world works. Did you have like a uh, an, like an actionable, identifiable red pill moment where you were really like, you know what, this world is not what I believed it was? Well, you know, it's several, isn't it? Right? Yeah. yeah. Your eyes <clears throat> just keep getting opened wider and wider and wider. And the first one was the JFK assassination. Me too. And that was, you know, back in the 90s, pouring over books, not the internet. Right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And uh, from there, of course, it was 9-11. And, you know, I was disappointed in myself looking back on it. I believed that official story for, oh, I don't know, about a week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I look up uh, what happened in Shanksville. Yep. And I'm reading press reports, and I'm going, wait, the plane's wreckage is spread over eight miles. Yeah, but- yeah. You know, what? that sounds more like something blew up in the air, you know, and then from there it just unraveled, and, you know, hour and a half of planes flying around and nobody's intercepting them when Payne Stewart, the golfer, asphyxiated at 40,000 feet over the middle of the country in Nebraska, they had fucking fighter planes up there next to him in, I believe, uh, 15 minutes to a half an hour. Correct. You know? Yep. So I was like... Well, we now, you know, the thing is, unfortunately, is uh, the way you 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 
destroy the truther movement as you feed in disinformation exactly and you start having the planes didn't planes didn't actually hit the pentagon okay uh maybe yeah you know what i think you're right it's probably a missile and then there was but planes didn't hit the uh world trade center either Mm -hmm. right and um you know it's but anyways it's it's just been and then it was Sandy Hook, and there was, you know, and then after that, it was just like, wait a second, everything's a nine eleven. It's just not as movie friendly, you right? Know? It's not as not as not as impactful visually, right? Mm-hmm. But really, everything is just uh, false flag. Yeah. Yep. More or less, all the shootings that went on, Aurora, you know, in Colorado. Yep. Like, yep. wait. You telling me there's not one clip, not one frame of indoor video footage of this shooting? Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, you know, same thing with Sandy Hook. Sure. Right? And what Sandy about that Hook. second shooter that went running off through the woods that they were pursuing? You talking about Sandy Hook? I'm talking about Sandy Hook. Do you remember that? Yeah that that's your ta- that's your that's your classic red herring. Yep. Yep. That's your classic yep. red herring, and they get you obsessing on that. Oh, what about that guy? He had camouflage pants. <laughs> They always do that, don't yep. they? Don't Absolutely. they? They always that's always part of it. It's like they get they get uh they throw in some stuff that makes people go, you know, trying to figure that out, takes you away from the bigger picture, mm-hmm. right? Makes you makes you focus on the tree and not look at the whole forest. Correct. You know? Yep. Right? Yep. Uh remember that poor guy who went after the Sandy Hook guy? So uh, what was that? That uh Oh Wolfgang um Wolfgang Halbig, I think his name was. The one yeah. who was a uh you know <laughs> from Florida. Yeah. That poor guy and what he dug up and what they yep. put him through. I mean yep. yeah, there's nothing to see here, but somebody decided to shoot up his lawyer's office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. well, shooting of his lawyer's office. Nothing to see here. Nothing. Yes. And uh, you know, they they shut down the social security death index over people digging up Adam Lanz's information. Uh, you know, right. oh, he, he died before that day? And then, of course, you know, it, there's he he left his brother's driver's license at the scene of the shooting, and then there were other cars. But anyways, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is this goes along with something that uh, Casey was getting at. You know, um, th- there's, there's never a world where they can control absolutely everything that's going on in the world. They can have right. a lot of people on the payroll. Uh, they can have, you know, multiple takes. Uh, mm-hmm. But inevitably, something is going to go off. You know, you're going to have a crane in the background or you're going to have the sun passing in mm-hmm. the sky. You're going to have people driving by or somebody showing up on the set when they're not right. supposed to be there. Uh, and so that's why they have to inject the disinformation along with the real information. They also have to tacitly admit what it is they've done, because, mm-hmm. you know, if it comes up, you know, they have the plausible deniability and you know they'll be able to to fall back on that. But they just keep everybody spinning their tails and trying to catch it. And uh, and at the end of the day, you know, I think it's enough to just recognize that uh, there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes that we're never going to know. And pretty much all of it is orchestrated in one way or the other. Doesn't mean people don't die, because I'm certain that they have absolutely no qualms about killing innocent people. Uh, you know, the more deaths, the better. Uh, but- I, I, yeah, I, you know, here's what I'm going to go and I'm just going to give you my synopsis of what I think really went down at Sandy Hook. Okay. First of all, the, the school was closed. Yep. 
condemned. They did what they do is they do a they do a drill, right? Yep. They do a drill, and those people all basically are part of it, and they get them. Oh, they all sign an NDA. Mm -hmm. As soon as you sign an NDA, they got you, right? They've got you. You got to play along, or you're you could possibly go, you know, go away for a long time. In fact, they probably if you were stupid enough to start talking. They probably you'd probably get a visit telling you, you look, you're gonna there's somebody's gonna find your bones in the desert if mm-hmm. you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah, you know, they would quietly tell you that behind <clears> the scenes. But uh, once that NDA is signed, then you've got uh, you've got crisis actors, you've got uh, you've got uh, uh, government, um, uh, you know, uh, people uh, operating within this uh, this project, and um, you know, it's it's. That once that NDA is signed, it's all over. Mm-hmm. It's all over. It's all sewn up. There's no way you're going to expose it. And uh, you know anybody who looks like they would go against that, uh, you, you, you can you can charge them with something, and throw them in jail, or you can just whack them. You know, and, yeah. And it's over with. It's well, not going to come out ever. Or um, they they can also just pay off your mortgage. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That was a shocking thing. People went through yeah. the um, through the realty records of the town, and there was a Tremendous amount of one dollar sales of these in this neighborhood that is massively wealthy. Yeah, this is this is this is a Connecticut suburb of New York City, mm-hmm. right? You know, this is primo, primo uh, real estate around there. Yes, sir. And that was one dollar miracle. All these one dollar sales. Yeah, well, incredible. Anyways. And and of course, who can forget the famous? Uh, all the kids sang at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, essentially you just sit there and you create an alias for children uh who are much older. Yep. And you use uh previous children, uh you know, pictures uh of these children from uh, when they were younger, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Rename them. Use claim they're the victims and who's going to, you know, how are you going to disprove anybody who's tried to go through any of this? has been completely uh, shut down. Mm. Wolfgang, what's his name, Albany. being a prime example, right? Well, and Alex Jones with a multi-billion dollar judgment oh, for God. talking Didn't about Didn't it actually go over a trillion at one point? I have no idea at this point. There's I think no it way. got to a trillion. They, yeah. they, they had a settlement. He's that ne- was absurd. He's never going to be a... able to pay it off. You know, I mean, he's... That's the whole point. Yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, listen, we are at the end of the show. Let me do these final thank yous uh, to, to Optimus Grind. Thank you for the can and the other can. Just Duckies dropped a cookie. Appreciate you. And then um, Filter Dog One says Alex Jones was sued over Sandy Hook. Yes, he absolutely was. Uh, Wolf- can you plug my 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 oh, Rumble channel? That is for the me. that's the next question. Please uh, tell everybody where they can find you. They can find me uh, on Rumble. Uh, hell, here I'll 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 post a I'll post a uh, link. Let's see here. Is this me? I never understand how this works. I don't have a channel. Oh, this is yours. I just <laughs> I just I just dropped the link to your website. Okay, good. Uh, if you could drop the Rumble channel, but I go yes. uh, on uh, Saturday nights at at uh, at ten and Wednesday nights at ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, my angle is is like, well, you know, I get really wild and crazy, and I show lots of, lots of, uh, I don't know, kind of violent, messed up things. You know? 
Uh, uh, you'd expect something. It's kind of stuff you'd expect to see from the manager of Guar. Sure. Uh, not 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 necessarily. Um, you know, a wholesome political discourse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, it's it's all over the place, but uh, uh, it's a woke channel for sure. I mean, excuse me, a <laughs> base channel. <laughs> Yeah, based woke for in sure. the, it woke in the right way. That's but anyways, right. yeah, it's a base channel and uh, check it out. Sleazy P Martini on Rumble, uh, 10 o'clock Wednesdays and fr- uh, Saturdays. And don't forget, uh, then uh, on uh, Friday night, uh, excuse me, uh, Wednesdays, uh, uh, Thursday nights and Sunday nights. Uh, I'm also on Rumble running movies, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, right on. And, uh, of course, if you missed any of those links, you can find them all in the description below, including a link to, uh, Sleazy's, uh, Foxhole channel. I'm going to help him so that he can be broadcasting live there at the same time he's broadcasting everywhere else. It'll be painless. And I'm sure you'll get a whole bunch of, uh, dedicated people watching over there because the folks on the Foxhole are very, very, very based on so many different subjects. So, uh, Thank you very much, Don, for joining us tonight. Sincerely appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Had a great time. And um, everybody in the audience, thank you for being here as well. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m., I will be back. And actually, let me just make sure I didn't miss anything over here on Ko-Fi. No, I didn't. Uh, Also over here on Cash App. Need to say thank you to Phillips. She said, love the work you do. Thank you very much, Phillips. And then uh, Mikey White. Mikey did not say anything, but I appreciate you, Mikey. Thank you very much for the donation. And uh, tomorrow night at 9 p.m., my guest will be... Matt Couch, my friend Matt Couch is going to be here. So join us for that. Obviously, great timing because of the Seth Rich verdict uh, and the the judge that just handed down the bad news to the FBI. So I hope you guys have a great day. Good night. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.